Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Yes, living the dream once again on a fabulous Saturday. This is Fox Sports Saturday. Hartman and Brooks with you. I'm back. I was I was gone last weekend. I blame Iowa Sam. Power suggestion, I think, more than anything else. He challenged the fact, it was last weekend, Bucky, that he was challenging me that I'd never had a COVID test, much less COVID. I'd never actually taken a never COVID taken t- a test. I had never actually taken a test. Uh, and then uh, Tuesday, a week ago Tuesday, you oh, know, I had wow. a little bit of a tickle in the throat. I was getting ready for a big day. It was the trade deadline day of Major League Baseball. Obviously, it was a big day in San Diego where I do my show mm-hmm. in anticipation of what could be and what was that day. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go down to Vaughn's because they have like those little tests at the counter. You just randomly decided to go to Vaughn's? I, Vaughn's open at 5.30. My show's at 6 a.m. And I went down to Vaughn's and I took the test. And I go, what does it mean when there are two lines? Two Ooh. lines. Ooh. And then I'm like reading. I'm like, that means you're positive, stupid. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what? Mm. What? What? So, you know, I was I had to bail out last weekend, but I am back in full force today. Bucky, it's so good to have you here today. Well, I'm, look, I'm excited. I'm excited to match up with you, kind of talk a little 
football, oh, everything. Oh, I mean, we got everything. so many things to talk about today, and we're going to cover in a short amount of time. This is the great thing about having Bucky here. Bucky literally has worn every single hat possible <laughs> in, in the world of football, can cover it all. But, you know, I, I got to start off yesterday with this bombshell out of Major League Baseball. As people know, Rich Ornberg oh, yeah. and I do a morning radio show mm-hmm. uh, in San Diego. And yesterday morning when we did our show, we were talking about the anticipation of Fernando Tatis Jr. returning mm. either this weekend yeah. as the Padres are on the road against the Washington Nationals or at the very least Monday mm-hmm. when they would go down to Miami to play the Marlins. Instead, 80-game suspension after he tested positive for PEDs. Now, he will not challenge the suspension. He apologized to everyone in the mm-hmm. organization the one guy that did not take well to the apology was the general manager, A.J. Preller, who basically said the obvious, we don't trust you. Yeah. There is no trust at all. They gave him this $340 million extension. At that point, Bucky, he had not even played the equivalent of one full major league season. I, I remember at the time thinking, why are you doing this? And they've been paying the price ever since. So let me ask you this. As a former athlete, mm. as an administrator, in the world of of sports, as an organization, how would you handle this situation if you're the Padres right now with Fernando Tatis Jr.? Well, you want you disappointed. You're disappointed because he's not only supposed to be one of your core players, he's supposed to be your franchise player and your leader. And the thought was you bring him, Juan Soto, uh, Manny Machado, you have a squad that can contend for a World Series. Well, now one of your central figures is out. And when you combine, you know, the 80-game suspension for PEDs with the motorcycle incident, now you're like, from a maturity standpoint, what do you do? And so you want to trust them because, look, the talent is intoxicating. The talent is everything that you want in terms of a superstar player. But if you're not seeing it because he doesn't make the right decisions off the field, it makes it really, really hard. And it makes it really hard to entrust him with leadership responsibilities when he hasn't shown the maturity to be a guy that can be accountable and dependable week in, week out. I remember when he had this wrist injury that he did not report, and the excuse was, well, they were in a lockout. Remember that was during mm-hmm. the baseball lockout that he had this motorcycle accident or, I don't know, moped accident, whatever it was, where he injured his wrist. And they had no clue until he showed up at spring training and found out why. You have a broken wrist and it's going to have to heal yeah. on its own. There's no surgery for this. And so we're going to miss you for at least half a season was actually beyond that. Mm-hmm. But there was also talk about, you know, you could void his contract right now. Yeah, I mean, this is a voidable offense they chose not to with the idea that, all right, if anything like this happens again, yeah, you're in jeopardy. Now, I don't know what the rules are about testing positive for performance-enhancing drugs, whether that is a clause in your contract that could void the deal. But I do know this. Now that you've acquired Juan Soto, who, by the way, is only a couple of months older than Fernando yeah. and whose maturity level is light years ahead of Fernando – you could be facing in a couple of years a deal where you might have to give him a $500 million deal. That's going to be tough if you're already carrying $340 million on a Fernando contract. I don't know. Can they get out of this deal? You know, like it, it, here, here's the thing. Now what you have to do is you're looking at everything. Like before, you've given him the grace and the leeway because he was your star player. But now that you've added another star in Juan Soto, maybe you are a little more uh, amenable to, hey, if he doesn't, show that he can handle the responsibilities of being a marquee player, maybe we will move on. Because this is what we do know. 
Somebody will take him because the talent will require someone to take him. But if you're the Padres and you're thinking from a cultural standpoint in the locker room, he has to be a right fit. And I think we heard, I think a couple players came out and said, like, hey, man, this is disappointing. Like, we're counting on him. Because all the excitement when they got Juan Soto was, this is our year to make a move. And then you don't get Tatis. It's, I mean, it's an issue. It's you, a huge issue. You, you brought up Bucky a couple times already about intoxicated by talent. I mean, you've been you're a coach. You've mm-hmm. you've been a scout. I mean, you you've seen those guys that have every physical tool. And we talk about this at the NFL Combine. And uh, many years, I always say, who's got the it factor? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Because you can talk about all the measurables in a sport, and he can do this, and he can do that. But does that necessarily mean he's going to be a success? You know, we've seen this many mm-hmm. times in the NFL, Bucky, where guys will work off the rookie deal. Then they, you know, they finish strong heading into their first major contract, that next contract extension. Yeah. And then that player that seemed to be having that upward projectory suddenly disappears. They got the money. They're good. And suddenly they're not the same player. Is there any way? Because you've scouted players, you've you've seen every aspect of these players. Is there any way to get inside of a guy's head and understand that it doesn't matter how much money they make, you look at a Tom Brady, always looking to be better, it's never been about the money, LeBron James Mm -hmm. took less money, was it ever holding him back as an athlete? How do you separate those athletes from the guys that will change if you put the extra bucks in their pocket. You know, you have to really examine the character. And a lot of times when people think about the character, it's not just the moral character, how they act off the field, but it's their football character or their sports character, meaning how much do they love their desired sport? Are they willing to put in the extra time? So right now, the new generation always uses Kobe as the barometer. Like how much Kobe poured into the game, the legendary uh, shoot-arounds, and how much he devoted his his concentration and workout and everything to mastering the skills of the game to make him one of the best to ever play the game. Does the player that you're giving the big bucks to, does he exhibit those kinds of qualities? Because whatever he exhibited before he gets the big bucks, he's only going to be worse when he gets them. So if he was a hard worker before he got the money, he's going to continue to work hard because he's probably wants to make sure that he shows you that he's worth that. If he was a guy that was a so-so worker, well, when you give him the money, he has no incentive to then work because he's already gotten the reward at the end of uh, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And so it is about really understanding who you're dealing with and making sure that you're very, very comfortable in giving him that deal because his, his behavior – is only going to continue to be what it is once he gets it. Well, and that's my whole point with Fernando Tatis Jr. He's not going to change. No. I mean, let's go back. I and mean, we, we talked about the wrist injury. We talked about this PED thing. What about that shoulder? Mm-hmm. You know, we had talked to several doctors about this situation where the shoulder kept popping out. I'm like, what's this? Oh, yeah, that was a pre-existing situation. Really? Or a fielding play mm-hmm. or swinging the bat or throwing mm-hmm. the ball. It could just pop out. And, you know, a year ago, he led the National League in home runs. He missed 32 games. Because of the shoulder situation. So we so, assumed yeah. that won the season and because we had talked to doctors. And although all doctors will say mm-hmm. the same thing, there's no such thing as a routine surgery. But this is a very correctable problem. We can do surgery on that shoulder. It will correct itself. And he won't have to worry about this again. And he decided, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not getting surgery done. <laughs> and I remember at the time, this was before the wrist injury, before the PD. I'm like, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. 
we just gave you a three hundred forty million dollar contract extension. You need to get this see that, shoulder see, see surgery. But you've already rewarded exactly and enabled the the bad behavior. Um, the thing that you have to do with young players and players when they're coming up, you have to be t- tighter on them early, and then loosen the reins now because if you're so loose on him early, now you can never tighten it up. Right, you can never bring it back, and everything that you're talking or that we're discussing. The injuries and those things, the first thing that I would think about is, well, what are what are his training habits like? How much is he devoting to building his body up and making sure that he is an A1 fitness player when he comes in? Is he in great shape, world-class shape? Those kinds of things, as Pat Riley would say, world-class. I want to make sure that he is really pouring in to make sure he's in tip-top condition so we can avoid some of those. Because you're talking about shoulders and wrists and like bumps and bruises, 162 games. It's a marathon. But if you have not prepared for the marathon, you're not going to make it to the end. And so we've seen he has a pattern of not being able to play a full season. So the Padres have a lot to consider. They have a lot um, to discuss internally. And then at some point, they got to sit down with Tatis and they got to have that hard conversation. See, I, I know there are Manny Machado critics out there. The one thing you can't say about Manny Machado is that he doesn't show up. He mm-hmm. shows up every game. I mean, mm-hmm. he's going to play 150-plus games every single year. And I thought that was the perfect example for a guy like a young Fernando Tatis Jr. that has a teammate like Manny Machado that shows up for work every day. But apparently not. So this is a story that, again, he's going to be out for 80 games. That's 48 games to the end of this regular season, mm-hmm. it would include postseason games. So any postseason games, if the Padres get there, would be subtracted from the 80, and whatever's left over would carry on to next season. It's a disaster. Uh, by the way, I put out a uh, a tweet in which I said that mm-hmm. he has uh, basically uh, disrespected the organization and all Padre fans out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've never gotten more likes on a tweet ever in my entire Twitter. You been to I don't, I don't tweeting. put out a lot of tweets, Bucky. I'm not like you. I'm not out there on social media. Mm-hmm. All right. Now on the other side, we're going to get started. We got a lot of NFL talk to get to. Bucky's going to break it down. What do we see game one for Deshaun Watson? We don't know if he's going to play this year. But what did we see yesterday in his exhibition debut? We're going to break it down. Coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Steve Harvin, Bucky Brooks here, Fox Sports Saturday. By the way, I was off the air for nine straight days, Bucky. And for me, nine days off the air is like nine months, maybe nine years. Because oh. I work every day. You work every day. I mean, yeah. we're those type of people that like to actually do something every day. I mean, it's no knock. I understand. It. I mean, people, there are a lot of people out there saying, dude, take a day off, do something. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm going to do the same thing. You know, I just, it was, it was tough. Look at Iowa Sam. Steve, what did you do to fill your time? Uh, Nothing. I typed stats. That's exactly what I thought you did. Is you would be just (laughs) zeroing in on that. I told Sam you were probably talking into a Mr. Microphone in your living room. I actually appeared. I I did come on the show yep. last Saturday. Yes, yeah. I shared a yeah. Jim Scully story. That was awesome. Um, and, and you sounded like you had nothing wrong. You know, you sounded fine. I I and I felt at that point I was fine, but I just kept testing positive for the COVID situation. Finally, I tested negative, and so I'm back to work. But you know, it's never work. Now, when mm-hmm. I'm sitting here with a guy like Bucky Brooks, who's work at, I mean, he has how many jobs do you have? Seriously, Bucky. I mean, look, man. I look. I'm trying to be the the next Steve Hartman. But hold on, you, I am you, trying. No, to, no, you're I'm way beyond to, me. I'm now. trying to make sure that I always next Steve have Harvey. Something. You know, no, 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 no. eighteen hour to, work day. I'm trying. I'm trying to just Harvey's. Get it. Harvey's got yes. a pretty uh, intense yeah, work. I don't know how he does well. it. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he does. wears a lot of hats out he there. Does. He does. But you do the coaching. You do NFL Network. You're doing everything right here, Fox Sports Radio. Yeah. So we're doing a little bit of everything. Yeah. That's good. Broadcast the Jaguars game last night, the preseason game. Got on the bird because I look. Scott called me and said, hey, man, you got a chance to be with Harmon. I said, I got to do it. So I jumped on the bird to make sure that I was back in time to sit in this seat so I could be beside you for three hours and we could talk about all things ball. All right. Well, I, I got to talk about the uh, the 400-pound gorilla in the room, and that, of course, is a guy named Deshaun Watson because everyone's talking about Watson and what's his future going to be. It seems like the NFL has got their heart set on this one-year suspension. I don't know how this is all going to play out. I think they're going to try to go for the one-year suspension. Then, of course, the union can sue. Mm. They could take him to court. Um, they can't appeal, but they can take him to court. I don't know if it's going to get that far. Remember, the Browns made a lot of provisions in the contract where his salary for this year was next to nothing. So I don't know how it's going to play out. But I was curious to see how Deshaun Watson was going to look back on the field. Now, look, I'm, I'm you know, it's preseason football. I get it. And there's got to be rust when you haven't played in a game in 19 months. He was one for five for seven yards. Two of the incompletions were just flat-out drops. Yeah. I mean, right on the hands. But I'm not the expert here, Bucky. What did you see 
in Deshaun Watson's return to the football field yesterday? Okay, so there are a few things at play. One, you talked about we don't know how long the suspension is going to be, uh, if he's going to be out for a year. I would say that it's really telling that over the last few days, we've kind of seen a softened stance from Deshaun Watson. We heard a, an apology that came out right before the game. Yep. We've seen reports about him being uh, amenable to maybe taking a, a fine and a suspension, a suspension of eight games and a fine of maybe $5 million. Mm-hmm. So when those things come out, uh, to me it's a smoke signal that something is coming. And so ultimately, I feel like this is going to kind of be met in the middle ground. I've always said 10 to 12 games is probably where it, it ends up. I think we may be in line to kind of see – a settlement of some kind where they come to that. I would say as a player, last night Deshaun Watson was, look, he looked rusty. He looked like a guy who had been away from the game for a year. He also looked like a guy who not only had been away from the game for a year, but was carrying the weight of all of that other stuff. And I've always said this about players. When Kobe Bryant, the late Kobe Bryant, was going through his stuff in Colorado, he's one of the few athletes that we've seen to be able to carry and compartmentalize all of the chaos without it filtering into his game. Right. It is hard to be great on the field when you're off the field is chaotic. And so I felt like last night we saw a little bit of the weight of all of the stuff that's hanging over Deshaun Watson's head seep into his game. He missed a couple throws early. Um, He was trying to fill it out. He was trying to find his place in the game again. And I thought – at the end of the game, because you're always trying to see, like, hey, I, I, said, I wonder how he's going to handle the end of the game. Like, does he go and shake hands with the other teams? Does he find a friendly face? Or does he, because of all the stuff, just run into the tunnel? See, if he was out there, he might have been one of the last guys to lead the field. So, to me, what it was was, one, he missed, he missed the game. He missed the connectivity that players have with one another on your own team and on other teams. And so, for – for me, looking at it from a, a former player standpoint, the game was still kind of like his refuge, his sanctuary. He wants to get back to that. But what he hadn't done is do enough of the stuff to put himself in a position to get back to that. Yeah, I, I have no question about Deshaun Watson's commitment to football. None. Anyone mm-hmm. that saw him play at Clemson, anyone that's seen his NFL career, uh, that I'm not worried about. It, it, you know, the $230 million fully guaranteed contract – we talked about how it may have an adverse effect on a guy like uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. <laughs> that is not going to be the case with Deshaun Watson. You know, I always go back to his 2020 season. Last year, we saw him play with mm-hmm. the Houston Texans. It was really one of the greatest anomalies I've ever seen. You looked at the numbers that year. Yeah, He led the league in passing yards. I think his touchdown to interception ratio Ridiculous. was like 33 to 7, something crazy yeah, like crazy. that. And they were 4 and 12. Mm-hmm. And they were like 20th in the league in scoring. I'm like, how is that possible? How can you have a quarterback put those kind of numbers up? And the team not do well. It, says it, was, it was one of the weirdest things that we've seen. Passer rating was well over 100. I think it's, it was the highest yes. of his career. 103. He had a and career. And remember, he had yes. had playoff seasons, you know, double-digit win seasons prior to that. The only guy that I'd ever seen like that um, what was the guy's name? Uh, you know, the former Raider quarterback, number one overall pick uh, out of Illinois way back in the day. Talking about Jeff George. Jeff George. 
Jeff George. Well, the, I, I sort of purposely forgot his name. Uh-huh. Jeff George had a similar year with the Raiders back in the day where they were 4-12 and 12 and he put up those kind of numbers. I always wonder about that. How's that possible? How could he have a quarterback who's that efficient or whatever have the team those does kind it. of efficient numbers, those kind of stellar numbers, and your team loses 12 out of 16 games? Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. And in the middle of that, I think Bill O'Brien was fired. They, it was yes. just, just a mess. Um, yeah, so he's played – He's played really well, and you know the funny thing is when you when you watch him, and even when he's been at his best, he's still a bit of a rhythm and flow quarterback where he kind of has these ebbs and flows in terms of accuracy and those right. things because he's not necessarily a uh, a guy that carves you up like a Tom Brady would do from the pocket. Um, I'll say he's more of a more of a playmaker than anything. When he gets on a roll, he kind of gets it going, and the best thing that he does is he finds a way to win. This was a necessary step for him to get on the field because I think he needed to get on the field. I think the Browns needed to see him on the field um, to be able to figure out what they have and what they want to do. The trick will be if the suspension doesn't come down this week, how do you handle next week? Because next week is, by most accounts, the official dress rehearsal. That's when you play your starters into the second quarter, sometimes out of the second, in the beginning of the second half. Does Deshaun Watson... Does he get those reps or does those reps go to Jacoby Brissett? Because no matter what. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're leaving out Josh Rosen. <laughs> I mean, but Josh, you do not give think, up on my former Bruin. I haven't, I haven't given Did up you, on him, but I, I think you, you have followed that, Josh Rosen since his high school days. I Let have. me ask you could you have predicted the disaster that his NFL career has been? I could not. I did not. Now, remember, I was a Josh Rosen fan because in that draft, it was Baker Mayfield, Mm -hmm. Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold. uh, You had Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. I thought Josh Allen was going to be the most pro-ready of them all. And I made a comparison between he and Sam Darnold. I said that he's more of a shooter, more of a pure quarterback, and Sam Darnold was more of a scorer. Right. Kind of figured out or whatever. Unfortunately for Josh, man— you know, that first situation in Arizona, they, they move on from him in a year. And then he's never quite been that guy again. And and look, the luster wears off once you get off that first team that drafts you. And so in Miami, didn't really have a true chance. And since then, he's just been a journeyman trying to find a spot. And no, I never could have predicted that this is how it would wind up for Josh Rosen, that he would be the vagabond that has played for five or six I remember when teams. he was drafted, he said the ten, nine teams ahead of him that passed gonna, on him gonna are going to regret it. He's going to win more Super Bowls than Tom Brady. You know what happened in Arizona? The reports were immediately was couldn't read defenses. Like mm. basic reads were like beyond him. And they were just like, you, you started three years at UCLA and you can't pick this up. Uh, but anyway, we'll see how DePaul plays out in Cleveland. But right now, let's find out what's trending Speaking of broadcast royalty, let's bring on, wow, Steve DeSagan. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Good to hear you both. How are you, Mr. DeSagan? Doing well, and we have football to talk about. Well, we had the field at Chicago Soldier Field to talk about today. The players were giving us a tip in advance that it wasn't in such great condition when they were there recently. And sure enough, the grass... Not so great today for the home exhibition. They came back to beat Kansas City for what it's worth, 19-15. But the union president is J.C. Treader. And by the way, the Browns do have an opening at center now after last night. But he did say, he did tweet, the NFL said that this field in Chicago today met minimum testing standards. We clearly need to reevaluate what is an acceptable (laughs) surface for players to compete on. The NFL can and should do better, end quote. 
Patrick Mahomes did start for KC, got him 14-0 lead at the half. He was 6 of 7 passing, 60 yards and a touchdown. KC's defense with five sacks. Chicago had four. Trevor Simeon with two touchdown passes. Carolina won at Washington 23-21. Sam Howell, two touchdown runs in the fourth quarter. Carson Wentz for the Commanders, 10 of 13 passing, just 74 yards through the air. He did have a 15-yard run. Matt Corral off the bench for Carolina, one of nine passing today for 11 yards. And how about Commanders running back Antonio Gibson, four carries, two yards, one fumble. Mm. And there is a game going on right now at Buffalo. It's 3-0, Colts in the lead late first quarter. And the Colts are playing a lot of starters, including at quarterback Matt Ryan. They are not playing Jonathan Taylor. Head coach Frank Reich had told ESPN, I'm not saying Taylor won't lead the league in touches this year, but I almost don't want him to because the coach says you don't see teams that have this ground and pound game win championships. Our best formula is to be balanced. There are five other games this evening, including the late contest in L.A., 10 p.m. Eastern time. It'll be the Rams against the Chargers. Jets quarterback Zach Wilson will miss two to four weeks. He'll likely have arthroscopic knee surgery after the non-contact injury last night. The Browns say center Nick Harris likely needs season-ending knee surgery. He was carted off in the first quarter last night. Ravens running back J.K. Dobbins is due to return to practice on Monday after last year's knee injury. And Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson said he wants a contract extension done by week one a month away no negotiations during the season the atlanta braves have won their fourth straight game winning the first of a double header at miami five to two kenley jansen gets the saves the nightcap will be at 7 p.m eastern time the braves started the day six games behind the first place mets in the nl east the mets had won six in a row until last night the cleveland guardians have won six in a row and they're up one nothing at toronto in the top of the fifth rays out to a one nothing lead against the orioles bottom of the first the orioles have won eight of 10. It's possible we have the Orioles and the Mariners in the American League playoffs. The way things are going here as we approach mid-August. Back to you. You think the Dodgers are a good bet to make the playoffs this year? (laughs) I saw one metric that said literally 100%. Um, They are 100% to make the playoffs this year. 78 and 33. You you said they won 33 of their last 38? Yeah, put it this Mm -hmm. way. In the last six and a half weeks, the Dodgers have lost five games. That is insanity. That's silly. Uh, all right, Mr. DeSager, thanks so much. We'll mm-hmm. talk to you a little bit later on. Uh, all right, Bucky, I want to uh, mention you mentioned uh, the Jaguars and the Browns. I want to get your thoughts now on another quarterback that could not have had more of a nightmare experience as a rookie <laughs> than Trevor Lawrence had last year with the fiasco that was Urban Meyer. Are, are you sold that Doug Peterson, with his Super Bowl championship pedigree in Philadelphia, can right the ship and get things done with Trevor Lawrence and help this quarterback fulfill his immense promise. I do. I am really bullish on Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. And one of the things that uh, I love about the matchup is when I talk to Trevor, Trevor just talks about how a calm influence Doug Peterson is, how he's a teacher, and that his experience as a former player has certainly uh, helped him as a coach because he just has a way of communicating information, communicating his expertise, uh, teaching him the game in a way that just makes sense for the quarterback. And when you think about what Doug Peterson was able to do in winning a Super Bowl, not only as a player but as a coach, um, he has immediately immediate credibility. 
And what he's been able to do is assemble a room with Mike McCoy as the quarterback coach, Press Taylor as the offense coordinator, where they all are speaking the same message. And so for a young quarterback, it's important to be able to meet the quarterback where he is while pushing him to get to where you need him to be down the line. And I just think last night, and watching it up close and personal, you can see Trevor doing things that he did at Clemson. A lot of bootlegs, some zone read stuff where they use his athleticism. They've surrounded him with better weapons. And there's a quiet optimism down in Jacksonville that this offense and Trevor Lawrence is going to make a major leap in year two. Yeah, you go back to the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and Doug Peterson really showed what he was made of that year when Carson Wentz went down with the injury. They insert Nick Foles, and it's not really working. Mm-hmm. And then he decided, let's put the offense in that Nick Foles runs best. And yeah. once they did that... Because here's the thing. You can talk about the three Super Bowl losses that Belichick suffered. Two at the hands of the Giants, Tom Coughlin, and a a defensive scheme that really played to the weakness of Tom Brady. And then you look at their loss to the Eagles, and let's face it. That day, Doug Peterson was the better coach. He outcoached Bill Belichick that day. Absolutely. I mean, he won that coaching. The decisions they made, the way they ran their offense that day, that was on Doug Peterson. So I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I look at a guy like Trevor Lawrence. A lot of damage could have been done. I always go back uh, when Sean McVay took over the Rams. Mm-hmm. And I had a chance, Bucky, to do a one-on-one with Sean McVay shortly after he was named the head coach of the Rams. So long before training camp and everything else. So here I walk into this room. It's a one-on-one situation. Actually, Les Snead was in the room as well. And I'm looking at this 30-year-old guy, right? The Sean McVay. I was thinking to myself, this guy was born when I was working for the Raiders. Like, I'm looking at him like, Mm -hmm. wow, okay. And my first question right off the bat was, how are you going to fix Jared Goff? I mean, Jared Goff's rookie season was a catastrophe. He literally looked like he was in so far over his head. 0-7 as a starting quarterback. Look worse than that. How are you going to get this guy right and he says, the first thing we have to do is eliminate everything that happened last year. Yeah. We just have to erase that. And I and I translate to Trevor Lawrence, and of course we saw what happened. Jared Goff's first year, boom, they make the playoffs. He looked like a completely different quarterback. Mm-hmm. Will Peterson do the same thing with a guy like Trevor Lawrence? Now, granted, they don't have the kind of surrounding talent. We didn't think the Rams had that kind of talent no. back in those days. They did have Todd Gurley. They had some talent, but no one was projecting that team to be a playoff team the first year of Sean McVay. But I mean, are we going to see a marked improvement? Could we see a team that wins seven, eight, nine games this year? Is that possible with Jacksonville, I think with so. Trevor Lawrence playing well? I think so. I think the weapons around him really, really fit. Uh, Christian Kirk was a big marquee pickup, and now people went crazy when they saw the contract, but we've seen the wide receiver market just explode this offseason. Um, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. So now they have three players that can play a variety of different spots, uh, pretty reliable and dependable when it comes to catching the ball and making plays, with exception to Evan Ingram. He gets to dropsy sometimes, but they can work around that. Travis Etienne comes back. They didn't have him last year, so that's like a bonus pick. They believe down there that he might have the ability to do some Alvin Kamara-like things within their offense, and if that happens, it makes them more explosive, more dangerous, more dynamic. And the quarterback just has more confidence. In year two, just after dealing with all the chaos that he had to deal with as a rookie, not even talking about what he had to deal with on the field, but just having to take over and and navigate that mess 
that was the Urban Meyer era in Jacksonville. And so now he's beyond that. It probably has actually helped him uh, accelerate his growth as a leader. And now I think he's a playmaker. And so he's he's ready to go. I would expect this team to be feisty and competitive. I don't know how many wins it ends up leading up to, but I think this team will be one of those that we talk about in the middle of the year, just kind of being a tough out. Uh, when you have to face them down the stretch. I, I have a lot of quarterbacks I want to get to you, uh, Bucky. I want to jump in real quickly and talk about Justin Fields right now. Mm. So there's another guy yeah. who last year was such a weird dynamic because his coach was on the hot seat mm-hmm. and you felt like, was he forced to play Fields before he was really ready to go? What was the decision-making because Fields struggled, as as many quarterbacks do in the rookie season. Guys that end up in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. have had real struggles as rookie quarterbacks. But now he has a new coach in Chicago. Are, are you – because I, re, I remember going back to the draft a couple of years ago, and I remember there was that uh, early buzz that Mac Jones could go third overall to the 49ers. And I said this. Name name anybody. Name one NFL draft board that has Mac Jones ahead of Justin Fields. <laughs> name one. Who give me a? I want to see those pull up those draft boards because they all have them all hidden. You know, yeah. the old school, right? True. I want to see a draft board anywhere in the league that has Mac Jones listed ahead of Justin Fields or for actually Trey Lance. I'm like nobody has that. I know, and but, it was it was one of those things. It was such a weird, such a weird deal when it came to it, but. There was some conversation with that. Now, with Justin Fields, here's what I was saying. My frustration was with Matt Nagy because Matt Nagy knew that he had a young quarterback. And I never felt like watching the Bears that they ever changed or tweaked things to accommodate the young quarterback. Right. It was. But was that because they were under so much pressure to get W's I, but, or what but, was going on I there? don't know. But even in that, if you're under pressure to get W's, you probably try to help your young quarterback play at his best by putting him in a situation where he's doing things that you know that he can do. Um, that's why it was weird. It was weird watching it all unfold. It was weird just in, in general, um, looking at this situation from afar. I was really, I'm, I am really optimistic about Justin Fields bouncing back um, because I think Luke Getze coming from Green Bay, the experience under LaFleur, LaFleur knowing the Shanahan system and doing all the stuff that they did to help Jerry Goff improve when he was a member of the Rams. That stuff will help Justin Fields. And today, he played pretty well in the preseason game. Had a chance to watch him throw it around the yard. Had 49 passing yards. Had another 14 or so rushing yards. He's a very dynamic athlete with big-time arm talent. If they can make the game easy for him with some of these easy reads and easy throws and let him build his confidence, there's no reason why Justin Fields can't be a premier quarterback down the line. You know, it's always interesting when you talk about easy reads, simplifying the game. I always think back to when Vince Young was at the University of Texas. And Mac Brown was sitting there with this quarterback that had all this talent, but Mm -hmm. he made a decision that turned out to be the right decision. Mm -hmm. We're going to simplify things. Yeah. Because I got the superstar athlete at quarterback. Basically, he was a one-read guy. Mm Mm-hmm. We're going to run a one-read offense. Yep. If the guy's open, throw, throw him it. the ball. If he's not. If he's not, you're going to run. run. Yep. That worked all the way to a national championship. I mean, again, so the problem with so many of these offensive coaches, Bucky, you know this, 
is that they want to they want to show off their genius, right? They want to they want to show they got all these plays. I've got so many plays. I remember years ago I was visiting Raiders camp and they're showing me this playbook mm-hmm. that was like no one could possibly know these plays. I can really go old school with you. When John McKay was at USC, student body left, student body right. He and Vince Lombardi were friends. And they would actually challenge each other who had the fewest plays in their playbook. The idea was run as few plays as possible, but do it at such an efficient level with the power sweep of the Packers. Even though you knew it was coming, they ran it so flawlessly, it was still effective. I don't know. I know I'm... Sometimes no, I, I venture like, back I mean, into old it, school, though. but it just seems to me if you're spreading it too thin, you're asking, you you got to be able to do the right play. So anyway, uh, coming up on the other side, I want to talk about a comment made by Deion Sanders and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Coming up next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harvin, Bucky Brooks here, Fox Sports Saturday. Deion Sanders always seems to find a way to stay in the news. And Deion just came out with a comment in the aftermath of the latest induction ceremonies of the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2022 and basically said this, Hall of Fame isn't what he used to be. They're just putting anybody in now. He goes, my my head, referring to his bust, doesn't belong with some of these guys. <laughs> now, my attitude, I, I don't know how you look at the Hall of Fame. You know, I, I work with Rich Armberger, who, if, if it were up to him, there wouldn't be any honors. There would be no all-pro team, nothing. I mean, really? he, he's not into any honors, much less Hall of Fame and everything the, that's else. That's the Penn State in him. That's that we are. Yeah. No names on the back. No, no he doesn't logos, want just, any of that. Yeah, just. Yeah. yeah line all of right, play. so, but here... Here has always been my thought about Halls of Fame, because I'm a little obsessed with Halls of Fame, Bucky. You probably know that. You're obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with them. I know every Hall of Famer. I know the years they're inducted. I I know Mm. every about all these Halls of Fame, right? But here's the way I would conduct Hall of Fame voting, as opposed to the way they do it now. So my attitude is this. If you're one of these 
writers or media members that follow the game, I'll trust that you are going to do your homework to surmise who should be a Hall of Famer and who should not be a Hall of Famer. So let's just use the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You're retired five years. So you've had five years to digest this guy's career and make a decision. Does he belong in the Hall of Fame or doesn't he? Mm. Everybody that's eligible after that five-year run is on the ballot. There are no other names, just those that have been out for five years. (laughs) And then you vote. And if you get 75 or 80% or whatever the threshold is and get in, you're in the Hall of Fame. I'm also a big believer in second chances. Could we have missed on somebody? Mm. So that same group, those that did not make it, that I'll give you five more years, and we're going to give you one last chance. <laughs> if after another five years, ten years are moved, you still don't believe they're a Hall of Famer, they're not a Hall of Famer. No, you Bucky, should... the way a Hall of Fame is this. If you give me a name and I have to think about it, you're not a Hall of Famer. You're not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So when you look at a guy like Deion Sanders questioning, I mean, Bryant Young was a great player for the 49ers. Could you write the history of the NFL without Bryant Young's name? Yes. Mm. You know, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, there's just how do you, I, I want to get your thoughts on this when it comes to the Hall of Fame, mm. 360 some in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Do you agree with Deion Sanders I think, that it's there I think are too many players in the Hall of Fame? I think there is something to that. And I would say this without being disrespectful because all these guys that we talk about that are in consideration all had better careers than I ever could even imagine. Correct. So we're talking about that. But for it truly to be the Hall of Fame, there has to be a a level of like discretion that you use when you include these guys into the club. It should be like the hardest club to get into ever. Ever. And, and, And the accolades have to be like overwhelming. And it really, it is what you said. Hall of Fame guys shouldn't require a lot of deliberation. Shouldn't be a lot of, hey, well, you know, it should be very clear and apparent. Right. Very clear. Oh, no, this, he's absolutely in. If we're having to take 10, 15 years before we push you in, probably not a Hall of Fame. It, sh- it literally should be almost like a blink test. I mean, these guys that are on this ballot for 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah, and look, I know some of that is like, ceremonial where we're going, oh, I can't let him be a first, he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, he has to be this, but really it should be as simple as, as that. When you think about the guys, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, right. like, like those guys are instantaneously going in. It, it, it really shouldn't require a <laughs> lot of debate. I know they want to get faces out there, they want to have a big ceremony, but this class in particular yeah, really because- lacked the star power, and none of those guys were what we call automatic Hall of Famers. All right, we'll pick that up on the other side. Much more happening around the NFL. Why do we still have a preseason? Bucky will answer that coming up next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, rolling on on another beautiful Saturday. By the way, we're only a couple weeks away from week zero of the college football schedule, Bucky. Week zero, as they like to call it, is two (laughs) weeks from today. And once we get to week zero, the college football season, and then the NFL right around the corner, it's just nonstop, nonstop. Do you, do you feel like in the so-called offseason, there's an argument there's never an offseason from the NFL because they really do a great job of finding ways to stay in the news throughout the offseason. But mm-hmm. do, do you, as we get to this point, just a couple of more weeks until we get to the games that really count, do you get antsy? Do you get excited? How does it play in the world of Bucky Brooks? No, I get excited because, you know, unlike some people who don't like the preseason, I think there's a lot to be gleaned from the preseason, if you know what you're looking at. I think if you watch the early part of the game when you have the best on best in, you're trying to see the execution of how clean and crisp those offensive and defensive units are working. But then as you get through the rest of it, you can see a noticeable difference between one team's backups and the other team's backups. And normally the great teams, the great teams have high-end twos and threes that are vying for spots on their team. So people give the Baltimore Ravens a hard time, right? Because they've made a very concerted effort to win every preseason game. I think right. they've won 21 in a row or 22 in a row. 21 in a row, and I believe, now Jeff Schwartz would know this, I think there's something like 19-2 and two against the spread. In other words, if you are smart enough to take notice the Ravens do want to win these games and cover the spread, you can build a lot of capital, a lot of house money before the regular games begin. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and so... They, they approach it yeah. as such. And I think it matters because they talk about their culture is about winning or whatever. For the most part, they have won a ton. Mm-hmm. Last year was a bit of an anomaly. So I like seeing that. I like seeing these new faces. I love looking at the young quarterbacks. We had a chance to see some of those guys. Malik Willis playing for the Tennessee Titans um, later at the end of the week. We had a chance to see him against the Baltimore Ravens. And you saw him run around and make some plays. And so now you can begin to see, like, oh, okay, if they had to play him, what would it look like? A lot of running. So for from a fantasy perspective, he's going to gobble up a lot of rushing yards and do all kinds of stuff like that. All right, that. well, what's Green Bay's takeaway with Jordan Love? Uh, if so uh, here's the, Aaron Rodgers, uh, he threw three picks in a preseason game. He did throw three picks, but two of those picks were like on the wide receivers. Yeah. Drops and off their hands and, and that stuff. And then LaFleur said that the third, guys ran two guys ran the wrong route. So I would say from Jordan Love, though, there were some things to like about it. Obviously, you don't like to see an interception, but... This is look, year three for him. 
It is your three. You, usually you're three, Bucky. You need to see something. We did see something. Those interceptions, though, weren't necessarily on him. Remember, Aaron Rodgers, we go back and look at Aaron Rodgers' annals. It wasn't until his third preseason that he started to show mm-hmm. some of that stuff. Now, at some point, Jordan Love has to get on the field. They have to put him on the field. But Well, that's knows? not going to happen anytime soon. I don't know because two years ago, remind me again, we didn't have any preseason games. We didn't even have an offseason. We didn't have any training camp with the COVID situation. They just showed up for week one and... Yeah, it was a little rusty. Maybe it wasn't 100%, but wasn't unwatchable. Yeah. It just it just seemed to me, I mean, going back 100 years ago, working with the Raiders, the preseason, thing used to was fo- so funny in those days. Before we had practice squads, basically the best thing you could do was hide guys on the injured reserve that you wanted to mm-hmm. sort of keep for another year. We would go into preseason games. I'm not making this up, Bucky, where we would have a list of two or three names that we know are going to go down with injuries. <laughs> You'll love this, too. We actually had this one player, and he was scheduled to go down for an injury on a kickoff, right? Mm. It's always a good thing. Here was what happened, though. Our kicker kicked it out of bounds. Oh, and so this guy's running down the field, and before anyone could make contact with him, the play is blown dead. So he couldn't get hurt. So he, you saw him sort of stop, look around, and then he just fell to the ground. <laughs> it was so. We were in the press box laughing. The training staff runs onto the field frantically, and they're working on like his right knee. They get him up to you know like you know hold him up. Except as he was going off the field, he was favoring the left knee. <laughs> sorry. I mean, this I'm is sorry. how. So I look at preseason, Bucky, because you know we're, we're at a 17 game schedule. We're going to get to an 18 game schedule. By the way, as a guy that played in this league, any concerns at all about 18, 19, 20 game schedules? No. It's all about the money. Eventually, they'll probably have two bye weeks instead of one bye week because of the length of the season. Any concern about. The health of athletes. I mean, this I mean, this is something that has gone through. A, you know, we were talking about CTE and all these things. That seems yeah, to have you, gone by yeah, the that, wayside. That, that is definitely going by the wayside. Yeah. Like, you, you're talking about just it's going to be so lucrative when you add in mm-hmm. another game and you think about TV oh, yeah. deals and the money and all of that. It's just a part of the deal. I do believe the second bye week is going to be necessary. Uh, just because it's it's too long of a grind to go 9, 10, 11 games in a row without um, giving guys a break. It, it just makes it where it's hard for your team to be at its best at the end of the year. So I, I think we'll get uh, lop off one of the preseason games, add in another regular season game, add in a bye week, and we will get what we want, which is the Super Bowl to be in February in the middle of sweeps. So it always crushes the rankings and ratings. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, don't you get more out of controlled scrimmages than you would necessarily in these preseason games? Because I've seen these controlled scrimmages where one coach says, all right, this is specifically what we're trying to work on right now. Mm -hmm. The other coach says, fine, then what we're working on is this. And so it's more situational. Or if you want to see what this guy has or work out certain guys, it's more of a controlled situation Mm -hmm. than just the random play of a preseason game. Don't you actually get more out of that? Because let's be honest. So you got a 53-man roster. On average, how many spots are really open on an NFL team out of 53? It was a 53-man roster. I would say... How many How many spots to, on average maybe, would you say are... Maybe 
Maybe 10 to 15. Duh, maybe. Duh, that's high end. 10, 10 tops. Come on now. Come on now. Maybe. I mean, maybe. They, 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 might, they talk a good game. Like, you know, maybe, you got everybody in 10. camp. You're fighting for spots. Maybe, maybe 10. 10. Eh, maybe. Some teams are almost zero, but, you know. And, uh, some, yeah, some of it depends. But now, you know, the difference is, Harmon, now your practice squads have expanded to 14 to 16 guys. Right. So pretty much, I won't say everyone who comes into camp, but the bulk of guys that come into camp, Mm-hmm. are pretty much going to be on a team in some capacity. But the, the problem is teams will go fishing, looking around at other squads to fill out their practice squad. But, I mean, there are a lot more guys that you can carry on the team in some capacity. But, and Bucky, so, let me ask you this. How many how many of these decisions, these roster decisions, are based on a preseason game as opposed to what they're seeing day in and day out in practice? Uh, some, of it is, some of it is done in the preseason because – Every team has a handful of guys that are great on the practice field, great in shorts, great in a controlled environment where all the variables are kind of minimized and you can just kind of go and play to play and that stuff. The game is different. And sometimes you want to see guys in preseason games because when the lights come on, some people step into the like, some people look for the comfort of the shadows (laughs) and you know, you, you want to see that, you have to assess that. And so these preseason games are necessary because you get a chance to see who's who and what's what, and it matters. Joint practices, though, are great. They're great because whenever you put another team on the field, it raises the level of intensity. It, it, it makes the game, uh, the pace pickup is faster. And you're able to get the competitive, competitive juices going without putting your quarterback in harm's way. So you get a chance to do everything live, but the quarterback is not. And so if I have a marquee quarterback that I don't want to lose, man, I want to play these joint scrimmages because I can get them to pass rush and all that, but everyone knows don't take the quarterback down. In a preseason game, I don't get to control that variable. And so I get a chance to get close to game speed without it being in a game while also preserving the health of my quarterback. All right, I want to switch gears to the college game because I don't get a chance to talk to you all the time, Bucky. Mm The landscape of college football has changed dramatically, dramatically. And we still really don't know where it's all going to end up. Name, image, and likeness, transfer portal. Schools don't even know which conferences are going to end up in. Is this good for the college game? And ultimately, how will this affect the professional game? We're going to break it down with Bucky coming up next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm back. Thank you. Did you guys miss me at all last weekend? I mean, how was it? I mean, I did call in on Saturday, but. Yeah, because you were on the phone, it didn't really feel like you were gone. Yeah. I mean. You were like that hologram of Harry Carey. You were there in spirit. (laughs) You're talking about that That to me was the biggest highlight of that Field of Dreams game the other night. The problem with that game was it just was a bad game. Well, it was between two teams who were under 500. Yeah, it just just was a bad game. Yeah, it wasn't very very entertaining. Yeah, there wasn't much entertainment. I do like the aesthetics. I mean, I love that uh, whole, especially when they do the aerial shot of the original Field of Dreams, the smaller field next to the new one. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's good. And they had Fergie Jenkins there. They had Johnny Bench there, yeah, you know. Yeah. I love all that kind of stuff yeah, out good. there. Uh, I wanted was Pete Rose there. <laughs> Pete Rose, did you see Pete at that reunion of yes. the 1980 Phillies? Oh, uh, it was so good. I mean, Pete is. Have you ever met Pete Rose, Bucky? I have not, but one of my favorite baseball players as a kid. Um, I can't really say what he said in this very studio because I would have to bleep it out because it was bleeped out that day with Andy Furman. A few, no, 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 okay, no, 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 that was no, a separate no, thing. No, no, yeah. years ago. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, Pete Rose and his wife had a reality show, <laughs> and Pete was in studio. Pete used to literally live down the street from our studios here in Sherman Oaks, and I've had a long relationship, you know, with Pete over the years. And big defense of Pete Rose. So I asked him about this new show, and I named the show. I said. By the way, Pete, did you have an idea for the name of the show? And he says, I wanted to call it Hits and... <laughs> Fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't know who was working the board. I think it might have been Johnny. I think John Ramos was on the board. I think he dove for the uh, dump button. And I'm like, I, I don't think you can say that, actually, Pete, but... Well, and then just what last year we had a, a a story about Joe DiMaggio. Oh yeah, Joe DiMaggio. And that had to be uh, probably yeah. had to be dumped as well. I did. Have, I did tell. Yeah, him. he likes to tell that story. Anyway, um, yeah, Pete. Pete is Pete. I I will say this about Pete Rose. He is consistent, right? And honestly, I don't think it really bothers him one iota that he's not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he's made more money not being in the Hall of Fame than he would have been had he made the Hall of Fame. And if you are one of the like five people remaining on the planet that do not have a Pete Rose autographed baseball, I think there's only five people left on the planet. That do not have it. <laughs> I might be one of them. I, mean, I don't have it. First of all, I mean, it's a, it's an easy name, right? Pete Rose. I mean, yeah. you, you, can, you can go with that kind of a name. You can double up on how many. He just hands them out to everybody. You know, or sells them. He sells them out. Um, all right. I wanted to ask you, Bucky, because uh, I know you're near and dear to this uh, game of football at every single level, high school, coaching, college, and, of course, the professional level. But, I mean, what's going on in the college scene as we head into 2022 is really unlike anything we've ever seen before. I mean, it is crazyville when you look at, for instance, the transfer portal. The mm. Boletnikoff Award winner. At the University of Pittsburgh last season is now at USC. The University of Oregon's top running back the last two years is at USC competing for a job right now. 
There's no more sitting out of season. None of that. Those days are gone. You can go wherever you want, whenever you want, transfer to a different situation, and it is what it is. There's two aspects to this, though. Lane Kiffin was asked about 16 transfer players that he has coming into Ole Miss next year. And he was asked, hey, are you excited, you know, about these new faces? He goes, I don't even know these guys can play. I have no idea. They're Mm -hmm. coming from 16 different systems. And now they're going to have to incorporate into my system. Uh, USC has, I believe, 23 transfer players on top of freshmen and everybody else entering the school. Are these coaches up for the task of trying to put all the pieces together all at once at the collegiate level, it's not the professional level, or could we be seeing, I don't know, over-exaggerated expectations just based on the names of some of these players that are transferred to new schools? It's really hard. It's really hard to build a team when you have so many moving parts, so many new pieces. Um, It's not like fantasy football where you just collect talent (laughs) and the talent wins. Uh, there's a chemistry and camaraderie that is essential to being able to win at a high level. And so when you have so many guys kind of, you know, operating on that, that transient level, it's, it's just really, really difficult. I think coaches now have to be team builders, um, better team builders now than ever, meaning they have to build up their individual team within a 12-month period to get them going. And you can't think about the program and how the program would be in three or four, five years. It's all right, what can I do this year to maximize what we have right now? And next year, I'll do it next year, next year. That well, is hard because that's completely foreign. I mean, that's a different model than we've ever seen at, a, at the collegiate level. And it's one that if you're not a, a, a coach that does a great job of communicating and building and creating trust and all that other stuff, it's going to be hard for you to, it's gonna be hard for you to build a, a championship team. Well, let's go back to your days at Carolina, Bucky. Okay, think about you coming in as a freshman at University of North Carolina and the process of developing yourself as a football player at the collegiate level for you to then be able to take the next step to the NFL. The idea of you transferring in the midst of that. Could you imagine a situation where you leave North Carolina, set it out? I mean, transfers Mm -hmm. had happened, but usually under extraordinary circumstances. Yeah. Um, but now everybody's fair game. Everybody is a free agent. But what did you gain going back to your college days in your evolution as a player from the time you're a freshman to the time you were drafted in the NFL? I would say, well, a couple of things. One, let, let's, let's take it away from on the field, because I think off the field, you develop stuff that helps you on the field. One, by being around there, there's a level of maturity that happens when you're at a school four or five years. Two, you have an opportunity to fully grow within a system. So the weight room, on the field, same scheme, same system, you get better, rep, 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 rep. Uh, The repetitions help you develop a, a level of mastery that allows you to have success on the field. Character in terms of building up your level of resilience because you have adversity that you face and you have to overcome it. You just don't leave a situation that's hard. You have to navigate through your circumstances to be in a position to be a contributor and a starter on a team. Some of that now will be lost with transferring and the portal and those things. And I'm not talking about the top 10% that'll go from one place to another, go from Ohio State to Alabama. What I worry about those guys who leave fully guaranteed deals 
at a UCLA mm-hmm. to go and chase something maybe bigger and better. And then they're languishing in the transfer portal. Now what? I know it's not popular to talk about education and that stuff, that part of collegiate sports, but I worry about those guys who walk away from an opportunity to get a degree from a solid university that has a great reputation, chasing football dreams that ultimately don't work out. Then what? Who are you now going to call? Am I now going to be able to pick up and call the alums from UCLA that I spent two years there, but then I transferred or whatever? Do they still have the same affinity for me that they would have had if I was a full-time Bruin? So I worry about that stuff, the stuff that won't happen in the immediate. Well, we talk about 40-year decisions that you're making when you go to college. And so I know that is not popular when we're talking about the game, but it's a reality. And so what would you advise your kids, what would you advise your your nieces and nephews? How would you tell them to handle it? It has to be more than just the game because the 1% will go to the pros. What are you doing about the other stuff? So it has to be more than just the game. It has to be what is life beyond the game whenever it ends for you. Well, speaking of pros, now college players are pros. Kind of. Well, when we remember when this whole thing started, Bucky, about name, image, and likeness, the mm-hmm. the idea was well, first of all, it started in California. They were really the ones that greenlighted it. And we knew well if California's going to greenlight it, everyone else everyone is going to follow suit. And of course, that's exactly what happened. And then they said, well, this is really only going to affect a few, right? In other words, your your superstar quarterback will have a chance to make some endorsement deals, but that's not where we're at already. I knew once they opened this Pandora's box, all mm-hmm. hell was going to break loose. You got these universities putting these collectives together. You know, we were we were kidding the other day about Live Golf, right? Mm-hmm. And how they've just outbid the PGA for all the talent. What would prevent the Live Golf guys to walk in at the University of Alabama and say, you know, Coach Saban, we heard you complaining the other day that you got outbid by Jimbo Fisher over there at Texas A&M. How about... We give you enough money where you'll never be outbid again for talent. Hmm. Ever again. Ever. There are no rules preventing that from happening. There's no rules that say you can't be bankrolled by some outside source. There are no rules at all. And so if you have a, and you're a high school coach, you have a high school player and they're meeting with all these coaches. First question I have is their parent is, Sure, you want to know about the education, but how much money are you putting out there? It used to be, you know, the illegal. Mm-hmm. You know, they drop money on a table. It's not illegal anymore. As as Lane Kiffin said, they've legalized cheating is what they've done. Now it's all up and aboard. No longer have to worry about here's money under the table or here's a car in your mom's name or whatever antics they had in the past. Now everything is on the table. It changes the dynamic of recruiting. It changes mm-hmm. the dynamic with the transfer portal. And no one wants to step up and say, you know what? Maybe we need to have some guidelines or some restrictions. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough in that regard, right? Because you do want um, a level of organization when it comes to transfer portal, when guys can move and when they can. Because as a coach, I would tell you, it'd be annoying to um, get on the verge of the season starting. And you look up and all of a sudden your, your best player, one of your top players that you've counted on, that you made plans for, disappears right he's in the portal yeah um and then i worry about um you talk about the professionalism of the money coming in and those things that's a part of it i think the thing that that makes it tough is it's hard for me to come down on the players chasing 
money opportunities when I look to the sideline and I see coaches mm-hmm. cashing in on $100 million deals and stuff like that, and then hearing them complain about the players chasing money. So it's it's gotten out of whack on and off the field, meaning on the field for the players, but also off the field for the coaches because the coaches making ten, twelve million a year that that's hard to sustain. So I don't want to hear Lane Kiffin and other guys complaining about the players popping around when they also pop around from job to job, you know. But at some point they have to hire a, a commissioner, a czar, someone who's in charge of it, so we can get some legislation and some organization when it comes to what are the rules? How do you operate operate within this new climate, NIL, transfer portal, and that stuff. Someone has to step up and do it. And if the NCAA is forbidden for, from governing, then who is going to be the governing body that sets all of this stuff up to not only protect the universities, but to protect the student-athletes and everyone around the program that's benefiting from the game. All right, I want to get back to the NFL. I want to talk about wide receiver, because wide receiver has mm-hmm. been really the buzz in this offseason of the National Football League. But first, let's find out what is trending as we welcome back the one, the only, Mr. Steve DeSager. Hey, Steve. We do have an NFL exhibition going on in Buffalo. By the way, the former San Diego State punter, Matt Ariza, 82-yard punt mm. that rolled into the end zone in this game. He is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But, you know, he was knocked down a little bit because, again, I don't know, Bucky. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you coach, do you want a guy that can just literally boom the ball the way that rise again or are you looking for placement or how do you, what do you look for well, some of it i mean from a philosophical standpoint sometimes you want a directional kicker who can put it where you want it to be put sometimes you want a boomer uh he's a good punter punters are hard to evaluate because sometimes it changes in the national football league as opposed to the college game we will get to the details on this game but suffice to say a few seconds before halftime there are six turnovers total in this game nice as for the actual news tom brady is not with the buccaneers at the moment at least 10 days off from training camp for personal reasons and the team says it was scheduled in advance tampa bay times reports that the scheduled absence of tom brady has nothing to do with health not with brady's health not with his family members health mike florio wrote in football talk that the bucks aren't about to say no to the man who puts behinds in seats puts points on the board and puts cash in the coffers Well, we have an injury update from a couple of things that happened last night in the NFL. First off, the Jets quarterback was hurt. Zach Wilson with a non-contact injury, and he will miss two to four weeks, likely to have arthroscopic knee surgery. Reportedly, Wilson has a bone bruise and a meniscus tear, so he could miss the season opener. He was drafted number two overall a year ago. Wilson injured the same knee last season, a sprained PCL at the time, missed four games without surgery. The Jets' backup quarterback is Joe Flacco, and they open the regular season against Baltimore. More Ravens running back J.K. Dobbins is due to return to practice on Monday after last year's knee injury. The Browns say center Nick Harris likely needs season-ending knee surgery. He was carted off in the first quarter last night. A reminder, with one game tomorrow, Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins will miss the Sunday preseason game at Las Vegas. He tested positive for COVID. Cousins will have to isolate for at least five days. He missed a late-season game last year due to COVID as an unvaccinated player. As for the exhibition going on right now, it's about 10 seconds to go till halftime. Colts lead 10-7 at Buffalo. The only score for the Bills, a 69-yard fumble return as they hit Nick Foles and took it the other way, nearly 70 yards. Foles with one touchdown, one interception for Indy. Matt Ryan did start today, 6 of 10 passing, 58 yards. Case Keenum has played the full whole first half as the Buffalo quarterback 
three turnovers, a fumble and also two interceptions thrown. Earlier, Chicago was down at home 14-0 at the half, came back to win against Kansas City 19-14. Patrick Mahomes, 6 of 7 passing, 60 yards and a touchdown. For the Bears, Justin Fields, 4 of 7 passing, 48 yards. Khalil Herbert, 7 carries, just 20 yards. Trevor Simeon threw T. TD passes uh, twice, in fact. Carolina on a 45-yard field goal with about 30 seconds left. One at Washington, 23-21. Zane Gonzalez went 3-for-3 on his kicks. Quarterback Baker Mayfield started today. He was 4-of-7 passing, 45 yards. Sam Darnold threw an 8-yard TD pass, but Matt Corral was 1-of-9 through the air, 11 yards. Sam Howell, by the way, for Washington, two touchdown runs in the fourth quarter. Notre Dame wide receiver Avery Davis is out for the year with a 20 ACL. The senior was hurt in practice yesterday. The Irish open the season at Ohio State next month. There are a handful of college football games on the final Saturday of August, including late August on Fox TV, live from Ireland, Nebraska, against Northwestern. The Atlanta Braves won their fourth straight game, 5-2 at Miami. That's the first of a doubleheader. Cleveland, which has won six in a row, is now trailing 2-1 at Toronto in the top of the eighth on a couple solo homers. And the Rays lead Baltimore 4-2 in the bottom of the fourth inning. And finally, this note from longtime NBA writer Mark Stein. Last night he said the first draft of the NBA schedule for next season has a Christmas Day game, Lakers at Dallas, LeBron against Luka. He says the full schedule officially drops this next week. He also writes now that Memphis at Golden State is another Christmas game that's listed on the NBA's preliminary schedule for the coming season. Back to you. I think we got more information in detail about preseason football during that update from DeSager than I've ever heard before. I mean, the way you broke it all down. The Ariza 82-yard punt was great, but every time every time I hear preseason football, and again, no one breaks it down better, better than DeSager, but I keep asking myself, why are we playing these games? Can, can we get to games that actually count? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, That's you know, the fantasy yeah. football whoa. people, yeah. like, yeah. when we have regular whoa. season football, we are breaking down the stats. Whoa. We got everybody. Do you play a lot of fantasy football? I mean, I am a, I think I'm a three-time champ. Three-time champ. Three? Is it not like you like a ringer? No, I mean, I like I like, I like, like playing, but my, my issue is because I like winning. Mm-hmm. I spend too much. It occupies too much of my my brain power. Right. So I, I have to get away with it because I. How become, do you have time for any of that? Because you got I become, too many other things. I become obsessive and compulsive about making sure I know everything and who's who. Do you and feel what's the pressure what. because again nobody wants to play in a league with a guy that has oh, your I, background? No, no, I like winning. But no, no, my boys don't care about that. Like no. we we like winning. Yeah. We like talking, select mm-hmm. to one another. So I like to I like to make sure that <laughs> I uh, I win and I'm prepared. And have my contingency plans and mm-hmm. all that in place. Fantasy is fun. All right. Well, let me ask you this about fantasy. Um, I was talking to one of our uh, cohorts the mm-hmm. other day, Adam Rank. Oh, Ranky. Yeah. Okay. He, uh, it always ages me when Adam says that he grew up in high school listening to me. He's always, he's like, uh, he likes to say that. Yeah. He likes he's, to do he's that. Comedian. Yeah, he's, he's a comedian. He's a comedian. He's a funny happens. guy. Um, I asked him about wide receivers. Mm. Now, when you think about two years ago, Two years ago, could anybody have predicted that Stefan Diggs would leave the Vikings to go to the Bills with a quarterback who completed 58% of his passes the year before and lead the NFL in receptions and receiving yards? Could anybody have predicted that? Not like that, no. Not like that. And did anybody predict this past season 
Like Cooper Cup was literally going to have one of the top two or three seasons by any wide receiver in the history of the NFL. The triple mm-hmm. crown, receptions, yards, touchdowns, offensive player of the year, Super Bowl MVP. Did anybody predict that before last season? And my answer is no, no one did. So based on what happened to Diggs two years ago and what happened to Cooper Cup a year ago, is there a breakout wide receiver who might be flying a little bit under the radar, maybe going into these fantasy football drafts, that you say, don't be fooled. This guy is going to have a monster season. Is there a wide receiver you see that for 2022? Mm. Don't be fooled. This guy's going to have a monster year. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's tough. Okay, so I'll say this just because we talked about it early in the first hour. We talked about Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I would say keep an eye on Christian Kirk because the way they may use him, he'll rank up a ton of fantasy points just because I think he's going to have a ton of receptions and yards. I don't know how many touchdowns, but he'll, he'll, get, he'll get the ball a ton. I think down in New Orleans, um, Michael Thomas coming back, I would expect him – to be good, but I would look for the reemergence of Jarvis Landry as a viable fantasy option. Really? And those mm. things. Mm. Um, I would say for the Raiders, if I had to pick one receiver on the Raiders to go big on, I would go big on Hunter Renfro mm. as opposed to Devontae Now, why is Adams? that? I mean, we, because, we talk about the dynamic that mm. Derek Carr and Devontae Adams are teammates at Fresno, mm, reunited that. and everything else. But you're, uh, you're leaning to Hunter Renfro as fantasy, the more productive yeah. the more productive, guy. The more productive fantasy guy because the attention from a defensive standpoint will go to Devontae Adams first, mm-hmm. Darren Waller second. Right. And I believe defensive coordinators will say, if I'm going to allow one person to beat us, I'll let Hunter Renfro beat us because I don't believe he can produce enough big plays. The problem with that is Josh McDaniels has shown time after time Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, whomever, you give him a slot receiver who can do a bunch of different things, particularly in on option routes, he will make sure you get the ball. Look at Wes Welker's numbers when he played alongside Randy Moss. Hunter Renfro, to me, is the number one receiver for them in the fantasy world. I would go that route. What's going to happen in Miami with Tyree Kill and, and Waddle? Waddle had a really bizarre rookie season. He caught over 100 passes and averaged less than 10 yards a catch. Yeah, a lot of catch and run. I mean, that is, you don't see guys, wide receivers with that kind of, you know, breakout skills like Waddle average less than 10 yards a catch for an entire season. But how is that going to, I mean, at the end of the year, who's going to put out the dominant numbers at the wide receiver position for the Dolphins? Or could it be their tight end? Who's going to have the big numbers? I think Tyreek Hill will have have the big numbers because they're paying him so much that he he has to get they have to get a return on investment. So he'll be featured. They'll find a way to get him the ball. Uh Jalen Waddle's numbers should go up in terms of yards per catch because teams now have to make sure they're aware of where Tyreek Hill is. And so double coverage will leave more single coverage opportunities for Waddle, catch and run specialists. He can make things happen. I would expect his numbers to go up. I don't know if he will get close to matching the number of receptions. But I think yards per catch. What about Debo in San Francisco? Will it matter that Trey Lance is his quarterback? Can he duplicate anywhere near what he did? Would you use him as much as they did at running back? What kind of season is Debo going to have? You know, it's interesting because uh, I would be more willing to use him as a wing back, or he calls himself a wide back. I would say a wing back, like old wing T uh, wing back, because 
He is explosive and dynamic and tough and physical with the ball in his hands. Uh, Trey Lance's running ability creates a problem for defenses. And so fly sweeps and those things. I think Debo matches, let's say he eclipses his rushing totals from a season ago um, and is just as effective in the passing game. May not have the volume of catches, but it's still a major factor in the passing game. But I would utilize him running on all of that outside perimeter stuff, take advantage of his toughness and physicality. Do you consider him an elite wide receiver? Mm, I would consider him an elite playmaker more so than a wide receiver. Yeah, that's the point wide, I'm wide, making. Wide receiver, um, when we're breaking down the wide receiver, that starts beginning to get into the route running ability. Can you create separation? Just more so the technical part of it. But as a playmaker... Debo Sam is a top five playmaker because you just put the ball in his hands and let him go to work. However he has to get the ball, doesn't matter. But once he gets it, he's special with the ball in his hands. All right. We don't have the season we had a year ago where we had all these high-profile high rookies flooding into the NFL. Who's going to start? Who's going to get playing time? It's not that kind of season. But there's still plenty of questions about the quarterback spots as we head in this countdown to the start of the regular season. We'll tell you about certain teams that still haven't made up their mind coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harvin, Bucky Brooks here, Fox Sports Saturday. Yeah, we're covering a lot of NFL football preseason. First full weekend of preseason football. So we're getting a look at a lot of teams. One game coming up a little bit later on, Bucky. Seahawks and the Steelers. Two teams with uh, rather uncertain quarterback situations, to say the least right now. Let's start with the Seahawks. They're trying to convince everybody they're totally sold on Drew Locke. Like yeah, they're yeah. they're absolutely sold on Drew Locke. What I'm guessing is they're really sold that Drew Locke is going to help them with some of the draft capital they picked up in the Russell Wilson trade to be in a position to get either a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud in next year's NFL draft. That's what I'm convinced they mm. are 
Um, that they're just going to, they're, they're tanking a season. No basically way. they're taking one on the chin. 70 year old Pete Carroll. Well, is gonna you be know what? Yeah, he's getting paid a lot of money. Did to... you see him? You see him, you see him running gassers and wind sprints with the team uh, sure. at 70 years yeah, old. Yeah, he was. Yeah. How much money is he making a year? Cause we don't know the exact NFL. That's I mean, like pretty 10, close 10 to 10 million, about 10 million 10, right something now. Like that, right. Um, so I mean, am I am I pretty close to it? The idea no, is, if you I, stay with Drew Locke, this team will be lucky to win four games this year, like four oh. and thirteen. And then you, let's say, you had like the fifth or sixth pick in the draft, and you got a couple extra picks in the Russell Wilson deal, and all of a sudden there's Stroud, there's Young at the top of the draft, you can move up. Sounds to me like a pretty good game plan for the future of the Seahawks. No, I don't think so. I think I think I think this is a a, a reset. Uh, I believe the reason why they went with Drew Locke over drafting one of these quarterbacks in this year's draft is they see him as a better talent with more upside. If they can fix Drew Locke or get Drew Locke to playing to his talent level, they might feel like they can go back to running using the formula to help them go to two Super Bowls. Because remember, before Russell Wilson became the celebrity quarterback, he was the playmaking game manager for a team that leaned heavily into the run and relied on their defense. That is the way that Pete Carroll wants to play. He wants the team to run the ball more than 50% of the time. He wants to have a dominant defense, and he wants the quarterback to be a distributor more so than the guy who has to pass it all the time we're running through him. Drew Locke can do those things if the rest of the team is up to snuff. Are they going to run Rashad Penny into the ground next? Uh, now that Carson retired, well, so see now you, that's why you go and get another one, Kenneth Walker. So now you have well, two guys that you can run into the ground. I mean, Rashad Penny. Did anybody see this last year? What he did in the last five weeks of the NFL he, season? He looked like the guy that played in Norwalk. The guy that I played mean, at the guy that played at San Diego State, who had one of the greatest seasons a college players ever had his he senior did. year at San Diego State. A double wing running back. The guy has averaged yeah. five and a half yards a carry throughout his NFL career. I'm just, I'm just. He saying. just, he just hasn't been available consistently but when he's available he has shown that he can he can tote the mail all right so let's talk about the Steelers right now I don't know why there's any question about their quarterback you got Mitchell Trubisky I I do not get why the Bears gave up on Trubisky look at the numbers that Trubisky put up you use the second overall pick you took him over Mahomes you took him over Deshaun Watson he won a lot more games than he lost and his numbers were pretty good I think sitting in Buffalo for years certainly didn't hurt him at all to sort of be in a uh, Mm -hmm. winning situation, even though he was watching from the sidelines. I think the Steelers could have a major upgrade at quarterback if they make the right decision and just hand Trubisky the ball. I think so. And I believe Trubisky is going to be the starter. Uh, Matt, Canada's offense is one that has a lot of collegiate concepts coming from Maryland, and he was offensive coordinator at Wisconsin and NC State, Pittsburgh. He's done a lot of tricky and creative stuff when it comes to pre-stamp motions, jet sweep action, misdirection, deception. Mitch Jabisky is athletic enough to utilize and, and flourish in some of those uh, concepts. The thing with Trubisky is the quarterback, I mean the quarterback coach and the offensive coordinator, who's whispering this stuff in his ear? Because I don't believe Matt Nagy fully believed in him near the end of his tenure, and that made him play uptight and nervous. After watching Josh Allen play the way that he plays, instinctive, loosey-goosey, being athletic, Mm -hmm. the athlete, I think Mitchell Trubisky kind of leans into some of that and becomes that player. Remind me again, where did Trubisky play his college ball? Oh, he's a Tar Heel. Yeah. He's yeah, I, 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 to this day, I do not understand why the Bears gave up on Trubisky. 
I don't. I think it has something to do with the coach. It, it must have. You mean now the ex-coach. All right, coming up on the other side, we got much more NFL news to get to. The latest in college football. And by the way, an NBA question. Why is Kevin Garnett still with the Nets? This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER All right, rolling on here on this Saturday. Hartman and Brooks with you. I asked the burning question right before the top of the hour. Why is Kevin Garnett still with the Nets? Well, actually, he was traded by the Nets to Minnesota back in 2014 uh, and then retired at the end of the 2016 season. So I wanted to update you that Kevin Garnett is no longer with the Brooklyn Nets in fact, he's retired and comfortably in the Basketball Hall of Fame. I'm going to tweet that out right now. All right, so there oh, it is. That's official. <laughs> by the way, one note, when he was traded by the Celtics to the Nets, one of the draft picks that the Celtics got in return in that trade turned out to be Jalen Brown, mm. which is not a bad deal for the Celtics uh, when they made that trade. Uh, so Kevin Garnett officially is not with the Brooklyn Nets anymore. However, Kevin Durant is mm. still with the Brooklyn Nets. Now, I know we talk a lot of football here, Bucky, but I got to get your thoughts because I know you're up on the NBA as well. I love the Didn't NBA. we all think five weeks ago when Kevin Durant basically made his demands, because this is how it works in the NBA now, if a guy says, I want to be traded, they immediately trade you. Like, it's a done deal. Mm-hmm. And it is Kevin Durant, who, by the way, has four guaranteed years left on his current deal right now. And yet here we are five, what, six weeks later? I mean, I think it's going on six weeks. Nothing. Mm-hmm. He's still with the Nets, and now the Nets are sort of like, yeah. We'll trade him if we see there's something in return that we feel like is worthy of a guy like Kevin Durant. And uh, last time I checked, uh, isn't uh, Kyrie Irving also still with the Nets? He is. Yeah, that's interesting how that all works. What do, What are your thoughts about the idea in the NBA, especially where, as we saw with James Harden with the Rockets, I want to trade, I want to go to the Nets, and it's like you're beholden to the player to make a deal for him immediately, even if you have contract control of the player. Is that... Is that good for the NBA? And could we be seeing maybe with this Durant situation where you have ownership saying, no, 
No, no. Sorry. There's a reason we want you, Kevin Durant. There's nobody we're going to get in return that is of your equal. So you may want to be traded, but no, we're not going to trade you. Mm. Could this be a new trend in the NBA? Well, I mean, I think it, it, should, it should be a trend. I, th- I think, you know, it's, it's so funny because we talk about being a player's league, but I'm surprised that ownership has acquiesced to so many of the players' demands. Um, I know players have power, and we're in the middle of a player empowerment deal, but I just I just think you have to set hard lines when you're building a team, and you can't allow the players to have everything that they want um, because sometimes it messes up the fabric of the stuff because some players like to have everything they want, but then they don't want the accountability when it doesn't go their way. And so ultimately, if you're the general manager, your ownership – you want to do it in the, the the way that you see fit in your vision. Um, and so, nah, if you don't get what you want for Kevin Durant, you don't move on. You keep rocking with it. And I think you have to do this. You have to be very, very firm in your stance and not uh, give in to his demands. If you want to trade him and you get the right value, yes, you do it. But... Nah, he just doesn't get what he wants because he's Kevin Durant. I remember after the 2000, 2006, 2007 season, Kobe Bryant wanted out with the Lakers. Yeah. And I remember having many one-on-one conversations with him. He wanted to go to Chicago. <laughs> he wanted to go to the Bulls in particular, but he didn't want them to give up Luol Deng in return. Like there was something that he wanted to team up with Luol Deng. The Lakers had absolutely zero intention of ever trading Kobe Bryant. So he stays. They make the Pau Gasol deal. And the next thing you know, he's winning back-to-back championships, adding Mm -hmm. to his ring total. See, if I'm looking at Kevin Durant right now, and I'm Joe Sy, the owner who, by the way, paid a record $3.3 billion to buy that Nets franchise and then back that up by getting a Durant, getting a Kyrie, getting a James Harden, now you have the unknown with Ben Simmons. I mean, we don't know how that dynamic's going to work, but no, I, 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 if I'm Joe Sy, no, I'm. There's a reason I gave you that money. I'm building our franchise. Now we haven't been able to do it yet, but we never really had an opportunity to see how you guys would work because you were out, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 I paid you for a full year, by the way, knowing you were going to miss an entire season. No, and then you got the Kyrie situation. One of Kyrie, one of James Harden. Right, and now we've got Ben Simmons that we have brought in. We don't even know how this is going to work. How about giving it a shot, Kevin, instead of demanding well, you go elsewhere? Well, I would say this. I think the way the Brooklyn Nets are constructed right now, I don't know if he can find a better supporting cast right. than what he has. Like, if he leaves, he probably is going to a lesser team that has to put more work on him. I would also say for the teams that are interested in him, you gotta remember, man. Like he's an old, mm-hmm. he's an older player. Sixteen seasons in the league. Did you see how the Celtics took him out of that opening round series? Yeah, I they mean, get swept. I, I, I just don't. Great player. I would never question the player. Great player. One of the all time. But from a management perspective, man, you don't want to. You don't want to get caught holding the bag. You don't want to be paying an exorbitant amount of money for a player that is in decline. And so it's a tricky situation based on where you are in your team building process. If you're on the precipice of winning the championship or being there, yeah, maybe. 
But if you're one of these other teams that are kind of in the middle of the road and he's going to be the one that pushes you over the top, I don't know if you can do it. Because I, th- I think we've gotten spoiled by the Tom Brady thing. Tom Brady playing well at 45. And so that's not what typically happens. When athletes get into their 30s, they begin to decline. I just don't want to overpay for diminishing results. Well, and even going when he left Oklahoma City to go to Golden State. Well, you know, he won those back-to-back championships with the Warriors. They wouldn't have won without him. What do you mean? He went to a team that won 73 games. He went to a team that already won a championship. And then those same three guys, that nucleus of Steph and Clay and Draymond, even though they're long past their prime, were still good enough to win an NBA championship this last season. I, I just... I, I think the Durant situation's overplayed. Individually, he's a great player. He is one of the all-time talents in the history of the NBA. But is he a guy, like they were talking about the Phoenix Suns. If you were the Phoenix Suns, would you have basically emptied everything to get him to team up with Chris Paul and Devin Booker and saying, all right, now we're going to win the championship? They won 64 games last year. Would Kevin Durant be the difference if you had to give up everybody else on your roster? You, you can't give up. All of the other, because you lose some of the depth. And also, now you have two older players that are in charge. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul and Kevin Durant. And older guys can't carry you the entire season. Right. In a perfect world, what you would like is you'd like to have enough young talent that can get you through those regular season games. So when you get to the postseason, then the age and experience and wisdom takes over. But you need to have the young horses that can get you to 55 to 60 wins, preserve yourself and do that stuff. It can't you can't build your team on old players because they're gonna break down and get hurt. We saw him get hurt last year. We've seen Chris Paul get hurt. It, it, it just doesn't make sense to me to make that move. All right, and uh, are you surprised that Russell Westbrook is still a Laker right now? No, I'm not surprised because I was trying to figure out who's going to take on that contract and take on Russ. Um, I also don't think that Russ should be the one that is scapegoated for the Lakers' issues. No, at least he Russ, showed up to play every day unlike Russ, his, uh, paid, his uh, teammates. Yeah, Russ Russ wasn't supposed to carry the team. No! Like, Russ was supposed to be a guy that allowed LeBron James to maybe have some nights off, but AD and LeBron were supposed to be the centerpieces of that team. And I would say that the disappointment would come from AD not being available, and hopefully he's picked up a basketball now. I know he hadn't picked it up once since April 5th or whatever he had told People like to me, that is that's unbelievable that an A level talent is not putting in the kind of work to be a franchise player because he was supposed to be in in Lakers lore, the next great big man to don the Lakers uniform. Well, that's they're building their whole team of the future around his contract with Anthony Davis. But we get back to when they won the championship a couple of years ago, they had the extended layoff which was perfect for them mm-hmm. because LeBron, the wear and tear, he got some rest, mm-hmm. and Anthony Davis was able to stay healthy through the duration of the playoffs. I, I Again, we, we talk about, you know, we opened the show today talking about this Fernando Tatis Jr. situation, and you give the guy all this guaranteed money into the future. What kind of commitment does he have to the game? That's in question by the general manager of the team. The Lakers haven't been so bold to publicly call out Anthony Davis, but they've got to be disappointed. Have to. You traded away a lot of good players for him. Everything. You've traded all your drafts away. Think about Brandon Ingram. Think about the Randalls. Think of the players, Mm -hmm. the talent that they had that they could have kept all those young players 
Where would they be right now as opposed to where they are currently, which is the 11th seed in the uh, Western Conference? <laughs> 11th seed. Yeah, I mean, That's they, have to, they, have to, they have to run it back. They have to run it back with Russ, and they have to fix it. Until they get the complimentary pieces right, they're not going to win, though. All right, we're going to get back uh, to the NFL. A man that's been on the road. He's been touring all the training camps out there. Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, is going to join us coming up next. Steve Hart. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Urban and Bucky Brooks here. This is Fox Sports Saturday. And, well, joining us right now is a man that's been just about everywhere as he tours the NFL training camps. He is our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, Sirius XM NFL, the one and only Adam Kaplan. Adam, I missed you last week. I could not believe, and I, I blame Sam for this, mm-hmm. I, I actually got covid I didn't oh, really I'm get sorry. sick, but I kept testing positive for this COVID. And fortunately for me, nothing seriously happened. Meanwhile, you've been all over the place. Mm-hmm. So let's let's get it started here. I want to start because some of the places you've been recently are very intriguing to Bucky and I. Let's start with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sure. All right. So we saw Jacksonville yesterday. Give us a sense of the whole Doug Peterson dynamic. Have they uh, spit out the bad taste from the Urban Meyer fiasco of a year ago? Trevor Lawrence. What's the, what's the general mood down there in Jacksonville right now? Well, well Bucky knows from doing their games. I actually watched uh, the tape of that this morning with uh, Brian Sexton. Good job by you guys. But So, yeah, I was with them last Monday. Uh, and they Or no, Tuesday. I'm sorry, Tuesday in Jacksonville. And... That subject, Steve, came up about the stench of last year and the negativity of all of it. And, and Doug Peterson is like the exact opposite of Urban Meyer and bringing some positivity. Guys won a Super Bowl before. So there's no question, Steve, that it, it, it brings in something different. But they also know they're in a rebuild here. Let's not sugarcoat it. Yeah, they've got their quarterback, no doubt. But they're, they're in a rebuild here. It's going to take them a while to get this thing going. But the, the thing is, if you're going to start from the ground up and they do have some building blocks, you want to have someone who's going to be a positive influence on your coaches and your players and the organization. You know, you know, Adam, because you've been like all things Philly and around Doug, it's interesting that you brought that part up. 
And talking to him, he just talked about like trust and communication and making sure that the players trust him. So when you have a reputation for being a player's coach, what was he like in Philly? Because I'm trying to figure out where it fell apart in Philly because by all accounts, he had done a pretty good job with him. Where did it go wrong for Doug Peterson in Philadelphia? It's a Bucky two things. His relationship with Carson Wentz was poor at the end. Let's just call it like it is. Wentz wanted out. The Eagles did not want to trade him. No matter what people think, the real truth is Carson Wentz not only asked out, it would have gotten ugly had he not gotten out. Uh, so they gave in. They didn't want to, uh, but they had to because it, it, the situation beca- became uh, unattainable. And it, I just think there was just, there was some bad blood there. The benching, uh, everything else that went on with Wentz and Peterson. So there was a divorce. But the, the, the problem that cl- the organization had with Peterson was only one thing. They had a major disagreement on staffing. And the, the owner... Jeffrey Lurie does get involved when he because he's he's a hands-on owner. Uh, the 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 football team is this big part of his life, and he had a major disagreement with Peterson on some of the sta- coaching staff, and they were and Doug would not fire certain uh, certain coaches, and that that ended it. That was the the reason. And even I mean Jeffrey Lurie felt bad because they've known each other oh in the, almost twenty five years. As you know, Doug was their start Eagles starting quarterback the year that Donovan McNabb was traded. Uh, excuse me, drafted. So they. They moved on, and obviously both situ- both sides went in a different direction. Doug could have been an offense coordinator last year. He decided not to get back to coaching, and he took a year off to recharge. And uh, I, he's going to be better off for it, uh, talking to people close to him. Uh, he just has a better perspective of, of some of the things that went on in Philly. He probably did not know that he'd have to deal with, and now he's going to have to deal with that. And there's, there's nothing wrong with it. He's getting a lot more say in personnel in Jacksonville, and I know from what I'm told he wanted that. All right, I know you were down in Miami I mean, a year ago, the Dolphins had <clears throat> arguably one of the weirdest seat years ever for an <laughs> NFL team. I mean, yeah. you lose seven in a row, and then you win seven in a row. Um, they ended up nine and eight. And I'm looking at these Vegas odds. The over-under wins is eight and a half. And I guess there are questions about Mike McDaniel because he's an untested head coach. But the addition of Tyree Kill, and we know how – Enamored you are with Tyreek, and I'm of that same company. Yep. And it's it's got to mean an upgrade for their offense. This seems to be one team that a lot of people have had a hard time predicting how this 2022 season is going to play off, play out. Uh, tell us about your experience down there. What did you see? Yeah, so it was actually with the Dolphins, with the Bucks on Wednesday and Thursday after I left Jacksonville. So I was there for the joint practices. Boy, the Dolphins being around them and certain people that I know with the Dolphins, they feel really good about McDaniel. A, you know, he's an offensive coach, obviously. Brian Flores is a brilliant defensive mind. But they feel like he's that McDaniel, this offense that Tua's going to be in, let's, let's face it. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo got to two championship games and one Super Bowl in that exact offense that Mike McDaniel's going to run. He's going to run his own version of Kyle Shanahan's offense, which starts with a run game. Uh, they are loaded, as you said, at wide receiver. But they think this offense, if Tua is ever going to show that he could play in this league at a high level, it would be this offense. Now, the other part with Tua, which they can't control, is he's got a small frame. He's not going to get any bigger physically. He's barely 6'1". Now, the other thing that you, I saw up, you know, up, up close, he just does not have a lot of juice in the football. Uh, Garoppolo's got a little bit of a better arm. But this run-after-the-catch old-school West Coast offense will definitely fit Tua better than the previous offense. You know, it's funny you bring up the thing about Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, where do we think that? Where do we think Jimmy Garoppolo lands, and how long will it take for the Niners to find a deal that works for them? 
So what they're trying to do, I was with them the week before, just talking to people privately there. Their preference is to wait to see, and obviously we can get to Cleveland in a second, or any other team. And the Jets, boy, did they breathe a sigh of relief talking to them this morning with uh, Zach Wilson with his knee injury. But the Niners' preference would be before week one, because once once we get to week one, that $24.2 million base salary would be fully guaranteed as a vested veteran. So obviously he's going to be moved, either traded or released before then. So what they like to do is just play this out and see if 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 there's an opening, if a team suffers a devastating injury quarterback, they'll be all over it. Which brings us to the, the, the second part of this thing. You know, in my reporting on the situation with Cleveland, I was told that they were not, they're going with Jacoby Brissett. Back, they made this decision in, in March. If they didn't know how long Watson would be suspended, but if it would be six to eight games, they're going with Brissett. If it's twelve, if it's fourteen, if it's a full season, that's different because they do believe the Browns do. They believe they could be a playoff team this season. I know it. You know, last season was uh, what it was on our, with Baker Mayfield and all his injuries, but. They felt if they could get Watson for at least half the season, this still could be a playoff team. But it's unlikely that's going to happen. And they could get in the, I think the Cleveland Plain Deal reported that uh, if it's a full season, they get involved. I don't even think it would take a full season. I think it might, if it's 12 games or more, that Watson's suspended. And we should find out this week, by the way, on the the, the, uh, <laughs> the appeals officer, uh, which is Roger Goodell, handed off to his designee, uh, Mr. Harvey, the attorney. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, you know, Cleveland season, they just lost their starting center for the season, uh, Nick Harris, who, who took over J.C. Treader. So they've certainly got some issues going on. So you saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. They have a quarterback who just celebrated his 45th birthday. You know, I sit here, Adam, and I stare at his numbers from a year ago. Of all the numbers that stand out, he led the NFL in attempts, completions, yards, touchdowns. <laughs> This guy averaged over a 17-game schedule more than 40 pass attempts per game, per game. Um, his yards per game were the second highest of his entire NFL career. He had 43 touchdowns and just 12 interceptions. I mean, I know it's hard to try to explain Tom Brady, hmm. but... From what you see, and you followed his entire career, yeah, for sure. How, how do you how do you explain it, and 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 where where does he continue to get the motivation? To me, that's the biggest question. It's you know going through the process and and getting through an NFL schedule as a quarterback is a challenge for all, but there's got to be that motivating factor. I mean. He can't still be living off that. I was the 199th pick yeah, well, in the draft. Part of it. I, I mean, can tell you. I mean, that I was over 20 yeah. years ago. I mean, I what, know, where but... is the motivation still coming for Tom Brady to embark on yet another season? Well, yeah, it's part of being that that guy. The, the you know the the I mean the, that group of quarterbacks who were drafted ahead of him. I mean that still bothers him. But the the other thing is how his separation from the, the Patriots and how that ended. And how Belichick thought, I mean, he, Bill would never say this, but it's very clear to me that Bill f- felt that they could win without Brady. Well, he's learning that it's, it's going to be hard. And plus, he doesn't. <laughs> that's another subject if we were going to have a second segment to talk about New England's offense and what they're doing there. Um, but Brady's motivation is t- to silence those doubters. They still think at 45 years old he can't do it. 
It's it's a little bit of Michael Jordan, a, l- a little bit of when you doubt him. He just, you know, obviously Jordan was a first-round pick, but Sam Bowie was take ahead of him, hmm. which will go into lore, which people will scratch their heads, but he's still got the chip on his shoulder. Now, I was there Thursday, I will tell you. It was definitely bizarre. Now, I could tell you, talking to the, the Bucks, they were not alarmed because they've known about him taking time off. It's It could be, it could actually... They're saying it's going to be leased through another week, but it could. They're not rolling out. It could be the rest of the preseason. He's not going to play. They're going to rest. I was told they're veterans anyway. But it is a little bit weird how this just happened. And they say they knew about it obviously before training camp started. This was planned. We're not going to guess what the personal situation he's dealing with, what it could be. But it definitely is a little bit weird. But other than Tom Brady, if it was a younger quarterback, I would be worried about the timing. But they are clearly not worried about it. And I would also throw this nugget in. I know Julio Jones struggled mightily with the Titans where people in the league thought he was done. He's not done. Something's going on. I don't know. He's got a rebirth because someone, someone high up with the Bucks said to me, they were aware of what happened in Tennessee, but uh, one person said to me, trust me, he's got the urgency back. He dominated Tuesday's practice. This was their one practice before the, the Dolphins came in. So we'll have to see. But uh, Julio Jones, you put those numbers out there. Julio Jones is going to help them this season. Quickly, you alluded to the New England Patriots situation. There's all kind of speculation and conversation about who's going to be the offensive play caller, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge. What do you know? So I was told by a a player source that their understanding in in March or whatever, Joe Judge called the quarterbacks and Patricia talked to other people. It's more Patricia than Joe Judge. Uh, Joe Judge has coached receivers before, special teams. And Matt, Patricia's really smart. He's done everything on defense. He could dissect an offense. It's they're going to give Mac Jones a little bit more leeway, uh, from what I understand. Now, back in nineteen, let me see. It was uh, back in two thousand and nine when when uh, Josh McDaniels went up being the Broncos head coach. Bill O'Brien called the plays, but Brady and Belichick had heavy input in the offense. But this is different because they did not hire a quarterbacks coach. That to me is a, Bucky. You being a football guy. I just can't imagine with a second-year quarterback, I don't care how smart Mac Jones is, why would you do that? I'm a huge Belichick fan. I'm sort of a defender. But this one, to me, is almost indefensible. I just don't understand it. Who has Matt Patricia ever developed at quarterback? I'll answer zero. (laughs) Wow. I mean, I think it's great. I think it's ridiculous. (laughs) But, hey, look, I'd love to say I was wrong by December. I'm not saying Mac Jones won't have a good season, but – as one GM said to me on my tour here over the last two weeks, he said, and this guy has a high respect for Belichick. He goes, look, reporters sometimes have no idea what they're looking at. But for over two weeks, when they say, boy, the offense looks really, really bad, they probably are right. So we'll, we'll have to see with New England's offensive season. Well, no one's going to doubt Belichick yet. But right. if his team takes <laughs> a step backwards and they don't make the playoffs, there's going to be plenty of questions by the end sure. of the season. Where are you going to this week, Adam? So my next trip, I am dr- speaking of Belichick, I'm driving to, to Foxborough and I'll be with the Patriots on Tuesday and Wednesday as they host the Panthers. Mm. And then I have this crazy trip. I drive back, and I'll be home for about eight hours, and I drive to Berea, Ohio, to see the Browns hosting the Eagles on Thursday and Friday, Jets hosting the Falcons on Saturday, and if there's a camp, oh, and then I fly to Detroit. I want to see the Lions. Everyone keeps telling me how good they look. Well, I'll see them up close. I enjoyed the uh, Hard Knocks. I thought it was a pretty good. Oh, I got to see it. I taped it. Yeah, I, I, I thought great. it was pretty good. Uh, you know, you know, Campbell was going to be entertaining, but I thought yeah, overall it was sure. pretty good production. Adam, you're the best. It's always great to catch up. Though, you talk to you next week.
All right, guys, thank you. Adam Kaplan joining Sarah, Fox Sports Radio, NFL Insider Series, XM NFL Radio. Now let's find out what is trending as Steve DeSague hanging out here. Oh, by the way, how did we get the broadcast legend DeSager to be hanging out with us on the Saturday? I uh, have NFL duties later tonight. And NFL We are also duties. short one anchor, by the way. You may have known Ralph Irvin moved. I do. He's uh, he's he's off and about. I talked to uh, Ralph recently. He's all doing good. So we apparently him, yeah. we may have another person in the future, but we don't yet. So mm. for a couple weeks, the anchor schedule is really jumbled around, and that has to do with today. So do you have duties with the Rams Chargers tonight? I do. I will be at SoFi. Well, it's it's three and a half hours away, and I think I should just get there in time. <laughs> exactly. Always a pleasure trying to get in. I, I, I had my one game experience was the Thursday night game last uh, year when the Chargers played the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. From the end of the game, and again, it was an overtime game, but from the second that my sons and I left our seats until we left the parking lot, was an hour and a half. Oh, my goodness. It took an hour and a half from the end of the game from us leaving our seats to exiting the parking lot at SoFi. Took an hour and a half. Yeah. I am not going to have patience on the 405 all the way there. I, yes. I've gotten to know my my surface streets. Yes. That's going to be in play. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, what's in play right now? We've got an exhibition going on at Buffalo. Colts has scored again, and a two-point conversion makes it 24-10 over the Buffalo Bills. Ten and a half to go. Now, the current, <laughs> the current stat is we're up to seven turnovers and 17 penalties nice. in this exhibition I game. I guess they do need preseason. Case Keenum with three turnovers is today's Buffalo starting quarterback Mac Bartley. Matt Barkley has thrown a pick. Eight NFL exhibitions total. The last one in LA tonight. Obviously plenty of starters in most of these games sitting. Now Patrick Mahomes did start for Kansas City today at a touchdown pass. Chiefs were up 14-0 at the half. For what it's worth, Chicago came back for a win of 19-14. Chief safety Justin Reed kicked an extra point in this game, by the way. Carolina on a late field goal, won 23-21 at Washington. Commanders running back Antonio Gibson, four carries, just two yards, one fumble. Matt Corral, one of nine passing, subbing for Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. Uh, Corral, uh, 11 yards through the air. And quarterback Zach Wilson of the Jets will miss two to four weeks. He'll likely have arthroscopic knee surgery, reportedly as a bone bruise and meniscus tear after last night's non-contact injury. The backup QB for the Jets is Joe Flacco, and they opened the regular season against his old team, Baltimore. Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson said he wants a contract extension done by week one, a month away. No negotiations during the season. Of course, he does not have an agent. He's representing himself. Running back for the Ravens, J.K. Dobbins is due to return to practice on Monday after last year's knee injury. And Bengals defensive end Wyatt Hubert retired. He was a seventh rounder last year and missed his first season due to injury, and now he's done after being all Big 12 at Kansas State. Just three day games in Major League Baseball. Atlanta won the first of a doubleheader at Miami, 5-2. to two. Kenley Jansen the save. The night game's at 7 p.m. Eastern, so coming up. Toronto has beaten Cleveland 2-1. to one. That ends the Guardians' six-game winning streak. And in the game at Tampa Bay, its seventh inning stretch raised 6-2 over the Orioles. This is an Orioles team with having won eight of their last ten, had gone a half game ahead of Tampa Bay and Minnesota. Minnesota for the final AL wild card. Keep in mind there is one extra wild card in the new playoff format in both American and National Leagues. Coming up on Fox TV for most of the country, 7.15 p.m. Eastern Time, Yankees at Boston. Yankees record since the All-Star break, 7-14. and 14.
Back to you. Yeah, although uh, Aaron Judge continues to pound the ball. Last what do you think? Night, is, is he going to get to uh, 62? Do you think he'll yes. break Roger Maris's team was, record? It was number 46 he hit out last night. And by the way, I uh, I am a believer that the record for most home runs in a season is 73 by Barry Bonds. Really? Yeah. Because baseball hasn't taken it down? Because that's the record for most home runs in a season. Because there's no asterisk to it. It hasn't been taken away. Well, we don't know what he used that year, do we? I mean, do we really know? I mean, I was around baseball. Look, I, I, you know, there was all this question about asterisk back in the day with Roger Maris doing it in a 162-game season as opposed to 154 games. Right. Ford Frick was the commissioner of baseball. was a dear friend of Babe Ruth. He didn't want to take Babe off the record books. From, for some reason, I don't think if Mickey Mantle had broken the record, I don't think they would have had the asterisk, but that's another story. But the fact that Major League Baseball allowed the Maguires, the Sosas, the Bonds to get away with what they did. And the union. And the union. Mm-hmm. And everybody gave them their blessing. You know, that's, so, that's the record. Because the trophy hasn't been taken from the Houston Astros, you consider them the World Series champions of 2017. They are the World Series <laughs> champs since 2017. I mean, I, I mean, are the, how about the Bra- How about the Giants in 1951 that's stealing right. signs? Yeah. Okay, they, they came did. back I like mean, fifteen games down in the standings. That I, I'm, I'm always I'm always alarmed because I know you're a big baseball fan as I'm I Steve because we're of a generation that remembers when baseball ruled the day. But hey, you I'm know, not seventy years old. Here. Well, you're, no, no. <laughs> Unlike some people on I this know. show, uh, but I'm I'm in vampire years. But I mean, my my attitude is when people talk about the integrity of the sport, I go, you mean the integrity of sport that banned an entire race of people for sixty years? Yeah. That's that's what we're worried about the integrity of the game. So I'm sorry if I have uh, uh, no thoughts, but I, I'm I'm excited. And for by Judge. the way, yeah. get off his lawn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll just in advance. Thank you very much, uh, right. Steve. Great job as always. Good um, to be here. Uh, among many things that Bucky Brooks does, uh, we were just talking about this during the break. One of the things he enjoys doing most is writing. And I, you mentioned this, Bucky, because I I saw this article that you wrote a couple of uh, months ago. And I wanted to ask you about it, and that is about the 10 new NFL head coaches. Mm. Normally we have six or seven, but this year we have 10. Yeah. 10 new coaches in the NFL. I mean, that's a third of the league has got a new head coach, and you ranked them on who's in the best situation as opposed to who's in a bad situation. You had Levy Smith bringing up the rear there with the Texans. Um, obviously, at number one, when you have a quarterback like Tom Brady, uh, as Todd Bowles has, it makes mm-hmm. it very easy. But but what about the fact that we we have more new coaches this year than normal? Ten new coaches. What does it say about the league? And just how challenging is it? Because half these coaches have previous head coaching experience. The other half has no head coaching experience. But the challenge of being a I mean, what 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 works better? Being someone that's brand new at the job, taking over a team, or someone with that experience who maybe has a way of doing things and then inflicting that, so to speak, on a new franchise. You know, I think the best coaches have a clear vision for how they want to build a program, and that's at any level. So they have a clear vision, and if you've done it before and you've had success before, it gives you maybe a – a step ahead of other coaches that are trying to do it. Because the one thing, if you've had success doing it one way, you know that it works. Now you have to tweak it based on your personnel and what the environment is, but you have to have a clear vision. You have to be able to sell that to the players and the coaches. Uh, The volatility of today's NFL makes it where 
you almost have to win with what you have and two, you can get what you want to do it your way. So you have to be able to assess the situation, look at what you have and say, okay, here's what I have offensively, defensively. Okay, we have to play a certain way to win with this group. And while I'm changing the culture, I then can flip what I'm doing schematically based on the desired personnel that I want to have. But the days of waiting for a three, four, five-year plan, that's out the window. Owners want to see immediate progress. And while you have an immediate progress, then you can begin to implement some of the things that you believe are necessary from a cultural standpoint. Brian Dable, he is a very intriguing guy to me because he has been given credit of turning Josh Allen into a superstar quarterback. Mm -hmm. A, does he deserve that credit? Was he the person most responsible for the transformation of Josh Allen from erratic, inaccurate passer, going back to his college days, to obviously one of the elite quarterbacks in this league? And if he is that person, can he do anything remotely like that with Daniel Jones? I would say he does deserve a lot of credit for what he did with Josh Allen. Uh, the Bills front office, um, Brandon, Bre- Brandon Bean, uh, Joe Shane, before he departed to go to the Giants, they did a really good job of putting the pieces around Josh Allen for him to eventually flourish. Brian Dayball helped put together the on-field product. So he took Josh Allen where he was, built a scheme that allowed him to play to his strengths as a high-level athlete and big-arm thrower, and it worked. The veteran presence of Stefan Diggs coming in gave him a trustworthy target on the perimeter, and as your quarterback is younger and inexperienced, you need older, more dependable, reliable options around him so he can develop the trust that you need to have in the passing game. So Brian Dayball deserves a lot of credit for doing that. In New York, it's a little different because Daniel Jones is athletic, not quite the athlete or arm talent that Josh Allen is, but there's a lot of meat on the bone when it comes to what he could be. Very talented player, and I know a lot of people have been down on him since the start because he was drafted before many expected him to come off the board. Well, now that he's there, he's had some success and he's flashed, but he has to take better care of the football. So if Brian Dayball can get him to curb the turnovers and maximize his athleticism, he can play well. He doesn't have A-level weapons around him, but he has good players around him. All right, so as we are now fully embarked on the NFL preseason, which team in the NFL has the most to gain during this preseason? In other words, which team has the most to prove and the most to gain to get ready for 2022? We'll break it down coming up next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Steve Harbin, Bucky Brooks, Fox Sports Saturday. I want to thank the guys. And again, I my heartfelt thanks to Iowa Sam, who helped me through my COVID ordeal. I thought I uh, it, you made it sound like I gave you COVID every time you uh, blame me for well, I, I the COVID. Think, I think it was like, more of a mental thing. Oh, like I spoke you were questioning existence? me why I'd uh, never been tested or never seemed to get COVID. And I think and it behold. planted a seed in my head. And then COVID next thing you know, seed. I got it. Actually, the way you said that made it sound like Iowa Sam came and gave you a booster shot. Well, I don't know. Sam had just gotten over his latest about how many (laughs) COVID bouts have you had? Just one. I just had it once. Yeah. Uh Yep. But I mean, you came back. I mean, it was like you were mummied up the whole thing. Like, <laughs> you know, see him, I don't want to. I mean, he was wrapped like like the uh, mummy. Gotta, gotta, gotta be safe. You know, I don't want to. spread it around. It spreads mm. easily enough. That's yeah, all. Sir, mm-hmm. very good. Well, what I is the fourth, glad to have you back. What is the fourth booster shot feel like, Sam? Yeah. Uh, I'll be getting my booster in November. Uh, another booster. All right. Very well, good. My, my second one. <laughs> Yearly. I had yeah. my booster well, in between no, I, boosters. I had, I, 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 well, no, I've had one booster on top of the initial two shots. Right. So yeah. we've had the same amount of shots. Steve. Okay. Very good. But I had, we both have now had the booster in between boosters. But now that I've gotten it, I don't need a booster because I already got it, right? The natural immunity. It only lasts so long. Isn't that right? And there, then they yeah, said there was while. something about the immunity? Yeah, for I, something like, I don't know. Uh, Mr. Steve DeSager. Wow. To have uh, royalty uh, on the show today was absolutely amazing. And of course, Danny G. Danny, we really didn't talk much Raiders today. No, although I loved 
Bucky's take on Hunter Renfro. Yes. Yeah, I, fantasy, I, fantasy, fantasy. I mean, look from at Renfro. fantasy Ren- football, yeah. I, I agree with him. Look at Renfro's numbers I mean, from you know last year. I know teams are going to be yeah. focused in on Devontae Adams, and if you leave one-on-one coverage, Renfro is going to eat teams alive. Don't worry about So, uh, yeah, he, I don't know if he's have a Cooper Cup here, but uh, he's going to definitely get some stuff out there. Um, all right, let's, let's talk a little bit about this, Bucky, mm-hmm. as um, – as we this progress here progressed during this uh, preseason here, is there any team that has the most to gain through this preseason experience? Because I've always been on the mindset, because we were talking earlier about the Ravens and they've rattled off 21 straight wins. They haven't lost a preseason game since 2015. And I know there were coaches, by the way, the record they broke was Vince Lombardi. Lombardi, when he came really? to Green Bay back in 1959, they were a loser. And he wanted to make it clear from day one, we're going to start winning any game that we play. And it started in the preseason. They rattle off three years without ever losing a preseason game. So I usually say teams that need to sort of adopt a winning mindset maybe can help themselves. Of course, I also remember a Lions team that was 0-16 after going 4-0 in the preseason. So that didn't work. But do you see a team that has maybe something to gain in this preseason? The team that we'll see tonight, the Seattle Seahawks. Mm. And the reason why is because everyone has kind of, uh, I guess, said that, hey, this is a team that's tanking. They don't have a shot. And so it's really important for them early with either quarterback, Geno Smith or Drew Locke, to show some kind of competitiveness when it comes to their offensive approach. Can either one of these quarterbacks look like uh, they can make enough plays? Because they have weapons. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, that's a solid receiving core. And if they can get the ball out there and run the football, they have more than enough to put points on the board. To me, it's about coming and hitting the ground running in preseason to build up that confidence so that everyone in the building believes that they actually have a shot to win games. What do you think of that Metcalf uh, contract? I mean, it's on par. Like now, $20 million uh, men at the wide receiver position, that's standard. It's an important position. It's one of the marquee positions. And you not only have to have one big-time receiver, you need to have two. Gee, when you were on the corner, did the wide receivers make that kind of money? No, 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 no way. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it here on Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare a 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.